Hello, beautiful people. It is Wednesday, May 12th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here. The weather is fantastic in Indianapolis, so the moods and vibes are very high in this particular studio. Joining me, the Toxic Table, at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. The Bruins are dead. dead. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We just can't win in the Hurricanes barn. It's a tough barn, but, you know, already onto the Celtics now. It's something you guys probably can't understand. Two teams in the same playoff at the same time. Well, okay, all right. Listen, I understand now you have to get offensive because you're very defensive about how bad the Bruins stink when just a couple weeks ago they were going on a run to Lord Stanley's Cup. Mm -hmm. I will say this. If you're not a fan of any team in hockey, you should be a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins because we're the greatest program in the history of the NHL. Oh, yeah. If not the Pittsburgh Penguins, though, that team in Carolina looks fucking Ooh. awesome to cheer for. At Nick Moraldo in the back there with a fresh haircut. You look good, pal. Host of That's Hockey Talk. Obviously one of our hockey aficionados around here. That place is awesome. How many people does their arena hold? PNC Arena holds about 19,000, but you know, That's standing huge. room only. Whoa. Hey, by the way, that is huge for an arena. That is massive. 13, 15, 16. You'll hear that number. Damn near 19,000, 20,000. You that pack 20,000 screaming caniacs in there and it gets loud. And brother. they seem like they're all in. Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. there's a DJ. They're <laughs> playing do do Haas. Do Haas Mish. Do Haas Mish. Do Haas Do Haas I don't know what that means. Uh, Guten Tag, whatever. I think it means you have nothing. But that was when they were on the penalty kill. It's yeah. like a full thing in there. They do the skull chant at mm-hmm. one point. Well. I mean, it is electrifying down in Carolina. Now, obviously, the Bruins can't get the job done no. against them, but the Pittsburgh Penguins will. Don't you worry no, about no, that. Worry. We finish out our series tonight with the New York Rangers in New York. Hey, Rag, sorry about it. Sorry! Find <laughs> <about it>. the <laughs> fishing poles. <laughs> ah, golf. We'll have T4 later on today uh, sure. to break down the rest of the NHL series, hosted by one half of the Hammer, Dan Cowboys at Tone Diggs. Tone, saw on your Instagram last night uh, and on your Twitter. You're outside, maybe on the patio, had a computer right in front of you watching a game. You had a nice little cigar over here to the right, yep. maybe a cahiba, not right. that sure. And then on the left, it looks like you had yourself a little cocktail in the water. You're yeah. having a nice little night last night. You look fantastic. You're glowing. Yeah, it was really the perfect setup because I got absolutely fucking torched last night gambling. Probably oh. the worst day I've ever had in my life. How come? Mm. NBA bad? Uh, there, those are like 40-point differences, I guess, in the NBA last night. Was it MLB? What got the, you? It was the MLB and uh, on the ice uh, that got me last night. NBA was okay, but the other two, mostly the MLB was just fucking horrendous to me last night. What have we been telling you guys, though? That sport stinks. That league stinks. Mm-hmm. Why are you wasting this much time? And you guys have been so hot on the first five. Now you're just getting fucking dunked on by a sport that you have to watch and nobody likes. 162 days, you're going to have one of those days. As long as you have, you know, 102 good ones. What are we talking about? Yeah, I agree. If you're 160, I mean, that'd be a hell of a run for the baseball (laughs) go. Uh, At Bubba Gumpino with an incredibly fresh beard lineup right here this morning. The other half of the hammer. Dad! Cowboys. Uh, Are you still winning in baseball? And and why has that become your bread and butter aside from footy? Footy and baseball, Gumpy's locked in on. Oh, yeah. Which is actually fantastic because we bet on sports that we, you know, can watch and enjoy (laughs) and know about. Gumpy has the rest of the sports world kind of figured out at this point. First five, still a cheat code for you, Gump? Baseball was good. I got absolutely smacked on the ice, though. Oh, no. So hockey fucking murdered the squad. Tough night on the ice. I'm a firm believer in the Bolts. You can get the Tampa Bay Lightning down 3-2 to win the series at plus 280 right now. 
Two-time defending champion. They ain't going down to the Leafs. There's another one, I think. I'll put that up. The Caps are like plus 240 or something. Ooh. That's tied 2-2. Caps got a lot of veteran experience. Now, I know the Panthers had a hell of a season. They could score or whatever. If I see the Caps, hey, they still got a Vetchkin now? Yeah, yeah, they, they do. do. They still got a Vetchkin now? Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. Well, Captain they still got Kuznetsov down uh-huh. Yeah, they do. They actually scored. They got TJ Oshie down They've been there, done that with damn near everything, haven't they? Yes, they have. Series tied 2-2. Not that Florida Panthers are better than them. Plus 240 feels like pretty good odds, though, on the uh, tied series, especially with those motherfuckers involved. Fucking Brooks Orpik still on that team? No. Uh, Problem is their goaltending stinks. Who? Uh, Washington. Why? They they got two young guys that just aren't getting it done. We're fucking five deep in Pittsburgh. Look at the man. Count the man standing on his head. It ain't that hard. It's right there. Come on. It's always always there. It ain't that hard. Where's Tom Wilson? Bro, the goalie is the. And maybe don't take the plus 240 on the caps if they don't have a goalie. No, take the Bruins at plus uh, 285. That is the best chance. We're done listening to you. We are done listening to you. Celtics tonight, though. I don't know. Listen, whenever Connor gets on a heater, will somebody that follows with his Twitter and his. Is outrageous things. Let us know that Connor is currently in the middle of a heater because we will jump right back on because we fucking love you, pal. Yeah, I appreciate it. Love you guys, too. I will say, if you're following the Twitter, though, I've only ever tweeted out losers and I only have ever <laughs> tweeted out winners until after they win. So that's kind of the time. On Twitter, I'm probably like, oh, and 182. Well, in real life, when I was tailing you, yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. You're the same record. Still are, too, because that the only bet you didn't hit two nights ago was Tatum 40 points. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so. Yeah, but remember, I am. Uh, I rode the fade Foxy train for a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. You did. Others were profiting in mightily off of every Foxy pick, and I, you know, was trying to lift Foxy's spirits because he was getting buried by everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only was he losing money on all of these bets, but literally every time he picked a team, the team's fans would get so mad at him, he would get yelled at by them, mm-hmm. and everybody in the office would go, oh, perfect, thank you so much. Boom. It was actually a great gambling strategy that people that we don't know and have never met that are sports gamblers were probably tailing, like, oh, yeah. without letting anybody know about it. Like, hey, we got a winner. What's the winner? The opposite of what this fucking guy yeah. from the McAfee show picks. His name's Evan Fox. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He is unbelievable. He went on like a two in forty eight run or yeah, something oh, like that. Glorious. John and, Sheeran even referenced it. Yes, just a couple weeks ago. Head odds maker yeah. for uh, <laughs> Fanduel. They yeah. were even like, all right. As soon he was a sharp. Yeah, yeah. Foxy was. was a sharp during this run, and I happen to be alongside of him because I like Foxy. Foxy Good teammate. Foxy, very talented guy. We do need Foxy to, you know, operate this entire business. I was just getting to know him at a better time, and I'm like, hey, come on, guy, let's go, let's do this. I lost so much money, yeah. so much money. Mm-hmm. Why everybody else is winning? It looked like a blast for everybody. And now Connor, as I'm saying, I found myself in a similar situation. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, just like Foxy, he turned it around. I feel like tonight I will start turning. Has around. he? I don't know. The no, fake Foxy thing is still the difference real. Is Connor's just betting on his teams? We need Correct. Boston sports to lose both Celtics and Bruins because then I think he might become True. a good gambler after that. Yeah, because his heart uh-huh. is much more powerful than his brains. Yeah. Blinded yeah. by the light, we, we've always has been. Yeah, yep. I've actually only bet on Boston teams for the past like seven months, so <laughs> really it has been kind of live by the sword, die by the sword. So it's really not even your picks. It's more. So the GMs of the Celtics Bingo. and the Bruins. I have too much faith in Boston sports, but that is, again, why Bruins plus 285 to win the series is a lock. See, but that – so there's two different things there. Saying it's a lock, yeah, not necessarily what you need to do. You know what I mean? But it is. Because it's not a lock. Because it's not a lock. Well, I don't know. But it you do is. like it. 
You know, as a Boston Bruins fan, you get you even laid it out. As a Boston Bruins fan, I live by the sword, die by the sword. Boston, I bet mm-hmm. on Boston sports for the last however many months. Yeah, that's why Bruins at plus the way you win it. it I'm is. taking, you could say. Well, but it's a lock. But then whenever you project. It is a lock. Then it's like, oh, no, here we go again. Now you're, this is another loser that's going to go on your record. Backing yourself into a corner. Instead no. of just saying you like it, you're leaning towards it, I would like to do this, this is why I'm doing it. Instead, you follow it up with, boom, this is a lock. Now everybody's like, well, all right, lock, here we go. Yeah, you got to do it. I don't lean. I only fall. And I'm falling to the Bruins <laughs> side. And By the way, Celtics to win the title, also a lock. Hammer that, too. You have fallen quickly. Yeah. Hey, it's all right. Me and you, we've both fallen because I've been alongside you. We're going to crawl out. Thank you. Yeah, we will. We'll cut the anchor off the leg. Like Christian Bale. Yes. yes. We'll make the jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we'll get the rope off. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do the jump over yeah. there. Rise. 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 Is that what they said? Rise. Yeah. That's what it says. Rise. Rise. Yeah. Well, the only way to make it is you got to take the... Bruins to win the cup. You got to take the safety. You got to take oh. the harness off. You got to yeah. take the harness right. off. I'll take the harness off. You're right. Bruins to win the cup, not to win the series. No, no. I'm talking about <laughs> us getting out, not <laughs> us continuing to bet. I'm talking okay. about the hole that we are currently in yes. because of your choices. All right. Fair enough. Maybe a first basket tonight. But once again, my Ooh. choice to follow you, though, which is an issue. But you're right. We can maybe get out of the hole tonight. One good Real first easy. basket. Yeah. Tatum, three-point field goal to method. first basket. Yeah, Bingo. method basket. Boom. Boom. We are 10 feet out of the hole now. <laughs> the hole is 250 feet deep. All right, let's talk about some news, shall we? Uh, Miami Dolphins social media team did two and no favors. Oh, oh my God. So much like when Lamar Jackson had one of his first completions to Sammy Watkins, and it was an incredibly windy day, and it was a completion. It wasn't his prettiest ball. It was a little bit of a flutter, a duck, uh, but it was a completion. The Baltimore Ravens social media team had a great slow-mo video of it. It was a nice catch by Sammy Watkins, but they didn't think about what Twitter is. And Twitter is a place that whenever it is announced the top top paid sports broadcasters and what the attention is supposed to be about, uh, Tom Brady making more allegedly, which might not be the case after refutes from Fox. But Twitter, as soon as whatever your intention is, might not be the case. Tom Brady's being is the highest paid sports broadcaster without ever being behind a microphone was the headline from the athletic of the um, of the tweet. Yep. What the photo was, though, of a graphic was showcasing the top five mm-hmm. top paid broadcasters uh, in sports. And what ended up trending, number one, was Jim fucking Rome. Hell right? yeah. Because the intentions of it was, look how much money Tom Brady's making without ever stepping behind a microphone. And Twitter saw that and said, look how much fucking money Jim Rome is making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that ended up being the number one trend quickly. Like, boom, bang, number one trend, Jim Rome. That's kind of what Twitter is in a nutshell. And if you don't understand that properly, it's going to be a tough road for a bit on Twitter because they posted a video of Lamar Jackson throwing the ball to Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Great new connection. These two are going to crush it. Internet. What a terrible fucking ball yeah. from Lamar Jackson. Yeah, this guy can't throw a football. Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy stinks. They had to delete the tweet. Yeah. I mean, that we... By the way, we do not say that about Lamar. We do not believe that about Lamar. In any practice, there's going to be a ball that gets wobbled or dropped. That's something that happens at practice. We are just pointing out the fact that the Ravens social media team was like, boom, here's a fucking home run. We're going to put this out. Miami Dolphins did the same thing. No, Miami. Yeah, Tua talking to Ty, or connecting with Tyreek Hill on a deep ball. It looks awesome. It sounds great in theory. But the internet immediately upon seeing this slow motion deep ball said, oh, Tyreek Hill had to come to a complete stop. Tua doesn't have a strong enough arm. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to be a terrible relationship just like everybody said about Tua's arm strength. That's exactly what the internet said. Now, could that ball have slipped a little bit out of Tua's hands? 
Yes. Sure. Could he be throwing into a very, very strong wing that we don't see? Yes. Mm -hmm. Could they still be figuring it out? And that is literally the first one that Tyreek has run, and he doesn't know how far he needs to put it because Tyreek Hill is a different fucking animal. Yes. All these things could be the case. But as soon as you put this on the internet... And the uh, conversation is already a little bit about whether or not Tua can keep up with Tyreek's strength. The internet's going to do their thing. Oh, oh yeah. And that's what the internet Tua doesn't deserve. Tua's been through enough already. He has. Yeah, uh, Dolphin social media team's going to figure that out. I feel like they're looking at their mentions. Oh, no, 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 no. How come nobody's like, this is going to be an electrifying new duo for at least the next three years? How come nobody's talking about the AFC East having the fastest mm-hmm. motherfucker on earth? Maybe DK Metcalf. Yeah. $50,000, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. At wide receiver down in Miami with an offensive guru at head coach who turned around every single offense he's ever been a part of. How come nobody's talking about that? They're just talking about his own. Well, that's because that's what Twitter is. Gumpy, how is this the first video we see of Tua and Tyreek? It can't happen, Gumpy. Can't happen. As someone who lives and dies on the internet, uh, this was very tough to watch with the rocket emoji, putting it out. I mean, come on, guys. What are we doing? Now, with that being said... Hey, ball wasn't on the ground. It's a decent yeah. ball. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. always. I mean, there. he was open by 20 yards, and he said, hey, I just got to get it to him. Get it. By the way, if you remember Wasp. Yeah, yeah. I think Wasp, uh, yeah. the play in the Super Bowl that Pat and Tyreek Hill called, I believe Tyreek came to a complete standstill. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Patrick Mahomes is on a full sprint backwards. Right. And it ended up being like a 65 or 70-yard throw when it was all said and done. But Tyreek stopped, caught that, ran around. I think. If not, there's other examples of that. So this isn't the first time that Tyreek has had to stop for the quarterback throwing him the football probably throughout his entire life. But I, I don't think that's the right first one. Maybe they were working on the uh, Carl Wentz Joe Flacco special, you know, oh, yeah, where you smart. huck it up there and the receiver has to run back through the D back. Hey, mm-hmm. yeah. hey Commanders fans, that is quite a delight from Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah. they're going to love it. Carson Wentz, we yeah, had a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Normally we've been on the other end of that and we didn't really have a quarterback that was full, hey, we're going to get pass interferences because we're able to extend the play, which Carson Wentz does well. And then we're able to underthrow a little bit so that the wide receiver has to stop in the corner at 21 miles an hour, <laughs> can't stop, and runs right to the wide receiver. Receiver puts his hands out. Oh, whoa! whoa, whoa trying to catch you! Whoa, whoa! Spot foul. We're in field goal range. Hell yeah. I mean, the commanders are getting that. And maybe that is what Tua and Tyreek and Mike McDaniel are working on down there. Smart maybe that guy. is the offense that they're thinking about. Because, hey, if you can gain 50 yards a pop with that, which I watched last year, you can. Not a bad little play to put in there. Do you think it's possible that this was their worst rep and they were like, you know what, fuck it, let's let everybody just think Tua stinks. They already do. Sandbag him. Let's sandbag him. And then, you know, when he comes out there week one looking like freaking Jim Plunkett or Kenny Stabler slinging that thing. Or Brad Johnson. Or Brad Johnson. And people are going to be like, where the hell did this guy come from? We we saw the stuff all offseason. He's got a fucking noodle arm. That's a good play. Why do you think Tua is such a punching bag on the Twitter machine? Why do people not like... Because... Because the way it has all went down. Okay. When, your own, when your own team does it, everybody it. else Let's will. Let's break it down. That's what, the way it's all gone down. Hip injury. Yep. Can't come back from it. Had a pro day at a, a, like a train. At, mm-hmm. uh, at that indoor. Hasselbeck was a hell? No. no. Dilfer. Dilfer. Dilfer's indoor or whatever. Yeah. Remember there was a hurricane tornado that I think the day of his pro day in there, a tree went down. Yeah, it was a 30-yard field, so he could throw out the whole length. Well, see, that's what what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. every single part of the process, I think, has had things inside of it that if you were a Tua hater or a Tua doubter, that you have really – that has kind of gasolined the flame a little Mm -hmm. bit. Because – 
His relationship with the Dolphins, wild. Mm -hmm. Absolutely wild. Could have never projected a top five draft pick at quarterback position to be treated the way he was treated in Miami. Now, with the allegations of what's going on behind closed doors, allegedly for the last few years (laughs) in Miami happening, that would make sense because you get this guy and you basically just put him through a mental hell. You have him play and you pull him out with two minutes left in the game when it actually matters or on big plays and put in a guy. The way he ended up getting started, uh, announced as a starter, Fitzmagic didn't even know it was coming, said he was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. They were on a win streak. Yeah. Then there's obviously the times where he misses a game and the Miami Dolphins say, there's no injury. And then it turns out there was <laughs> yeah. hairline fractured ribs. So it's like everything that has happened has been just like more ingredients to the recipe of like a clusterfuck. But if people don't like to uh, all those clusterfucks, they can just say, are his fault like well the reason why he got pulled in the important parts of the game is because everybody that actually saw him in practice and saw him in meetings knew that he didn't know how to run a two-minute offense or this was a bad situation fitz magic was much better at this so he wasn't good enough when it really mattered uh he wasn't hurt so he's missing games he's softer than anybody he was like well it turns out he was hurt and then it turns out that maybe something other shit was going on behind the scenes so i just think there's been a lot of situations that adds to the oh to his trash camp that I don't think is right, by the way. I don't think we have a fucking no, clue no. whether or not this guy is good or not. I think he's been given next to no chance in Miami, personally. There was no need to rush him, though. Like, this all started when they brought him in. You could have rode Fitzy that whole year. You could have sat that whole year. There was no need to do that. So you sit him the whole year, then he's called a bust. Yep. Still getting shit talked about him, but then there isn't the situation between him yeah. and Fitz and the... Divide the locker Like, when they drafted him, everyone was like, okay, he's going to be behind Fitz this whole year. He'll recover from injury, be all right. He'll start next year. That was the thought. How about when um, when he's not healthy enough to start, but he came in came and played? Yeah. Against the Raiders played while he was starting. He yeah. was in a starting run, starting, doing well, doing well, getting pulled out of a couple situations. What's going on? And then, oh, he's too hurt. He can't start or whatever. Then he came, comes in like the third quarter, I think, and plays really well for the rest of the game. It's like, what the fuck is going on down there? Also, I don't know if it helps that uh, Burrow and Herbert were yes. also in the top five or six or whatever it is. Oh, and Herbert, Herbert was after him. Yeah, because Telesco said. Mm-hmm. Whoever. It doesn't yeah. matter to us. We are, we like all three quarterbacks that potentially were going to get picked ahead of us or whatever. Mm-hmm. They end up with Herbert, who is now being talked about like he's Josh Allen almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this might be the next prototype. Josh Allen at six foot, what, five? Mm-hmm. Five. Yeah. yeah. 260, 250? Mm-hmm. 250. 240, maybe. Maybe 240. Josh. Oh. 40, probably, because isn't Cam 240? Two forty, probably two forty-five. Two sixty is massive. Listed yeah, at six five, two thirty-seven. Oh, okay, geez. imagine if he was two sixty. Oh, yeah, that'd be too much. Running a four-seven, jumping over people, yeah. running through. He was running ISOs last year. Mm-hmm. But Herbert, I feel like because he has similar body as Josh Allen, with how big is, similar arm, they can both huck the hell out of it. I'm not saying who can throw the ball further because. I assume Josh Allen, who is noted long ball thrower, would be very offended by that. But also, that's maybe a shot at Justin Herbert. I don't know how he feels about his long ball. Until that is squared away, I do not want to make a determination on who can fucking throw the ball further (laughs) out of those two. But it does seem like those two are very similar together. And that's how – that's interesting because Herbert, have they had success? I think they've showed promise, right? They've they've Mm -hmm. certainly showed promise. 
But last year, right, didn't go do nearly as much as they thought. Yeah. Everybody thought they should. Two years ago, didn't do nearly as thought as much as they thought they should. I think Herbert's going to be a guy for sure. But it's interesting how we judge people. I think. I, I think that is, and by we, I mean the fucking sports Twitter, sports media world as a whole. You could argue though that because Herbert won Rookie of the Year, um, and by the way, he's listed at six six two thirty six, so basically the same fucking thing. Um, yeah. And Josh Allen oh. after year two, people were wondering if he was going to be a guy or not. Like, in Herbert, I think already people think that he is. They're gonna, they're, I hope they win because Herbert is <clears> – <throat> he does appear to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Him running over did what, his second play or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whenever he got Jeez. tossed in with five minutes before the kickoff because a golf tee was shoved into a lung. Like Sunshine did. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, you're in a game. Hey, let that guy through. That's right. What do you mean just let him through? How about when Sunshine flipped that motherfucker? Oh, that was awesome. Fucking oh. music, kicks, music kicks in. Next. I mean, we go on a fucking six-game winning streak. Bro, he won. Titans are in his playoffs. Dude, he won the entire locker room. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Huh? One little Lead flip. blocking on the option after oh, he fucking. Oh. Yeah. Rev. Oh. Come on. That's the best football movie in my eyes. Agreed. And Friday Night Lights is up there. Billy Bob Thornton, oh, Coach Gaines. Yes, I, but. I mean, Winchell Friday Night Lights was hell was, yeah. Varsity Blues, pretty sweet. Yeah, awesome. different. Hell of a movie. There's a three different genres. Yeah, of movie, yeah. I think. Exactly. Longest yard. But I remember, Kurt Warner said, "American Underdog." Football movies normally football. aren't about football. No, <laughs> it's about the story. Kurt Varsity also Blues. stuck up for Tua today. Denny, what did he say? He said, uh, "I've thrown plenty of underthrown balls in practice. You know, it happens to everybody." Literally, that's what practice is. That's why whenever they were showing like Richard Sherman, when he first got to yeah, the yeah. Niners, gets smoked by a guy or whatever. It's like. Yeah, this is practice. Like, you're supposed to be taking cha- – like, you're supposed to be working on things. You're supposed to be taking chances on stuff in practice so you can continue to get better. That's why I thought with this modern world of uh, welcome to it with phones everywhere, like, people would be scared to work on their game because you can get got if you're working on something. If you're – like, for instance, and this is such a minor thing, but, like, in the punting world, if I wanted to change my drop midseason because something wasn't happening, if I wanted to change my drop just, like, a half an inch maybe, there's a chance the first 10 balls I hit are going to go 15 yards because <laughs> I'm not going to have it timed up right or do anything. But if you have a bunch of people practice with cameras out there, there's no way that somebody other than, like, a veteran, like a young player, would ever even think about attempting that because if that was to be seen by somebody or to go on the Internet, you'd be dead forever. You'd yeah. be fucking dead forever. And that's just the punting position. I couldn't even imagine at the quarterback position with a new grip maybe. Maybe they're working on a new drop. How far can we do this out of the back of the end zone? It looked like they were backed up a little bit, so it might have been a little bit short. Like, that type of shit from practice is always fascinating because you have no idea when somebody's trying to change something, trying to work on something, or if, hey, this is a full go right now. Much like pro football focus when they're judging players on the game. like You mm-hmm. have no idea who's supposed to be doing what at the time. That's why I think context is very important. But that's well, what also makes this so bad. Like If your own team's not going to protect you. Oh, yeah, we started out with... Mm-hmm. That's been the case, right? by the way, yeah. since the beginning of two. Their, their PR department at one point released that he wasn't even injured. Yeah. Now, I think we met... One of them. Was that the PR? Oh, probably. She was very nice, right? Yeah. yeah. Might be new, too. I assume they might have cleaned house. Kind of put See, that I, Flores era behind him. I think it could just be the cameraman's best rep, and he said, we got to post this one. Oh, no. Oh, Foxy. Okay. It could be that simple. Hey, this was the best one. I tracked the ball on. It looks awesome. Not even thinking about Tua or Tyreek. This is my best Hey, get shot. that culture. Hey, get that culture. Yeah. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. 
Okay, mm-hmm. let's remember that. Let's go ahead and keep it all together here. Can't have their little content guy down there pumped about the shot that he got. See? Not scared to bury the goddamn starting quarterback <laughs> of your program. It's a great shot. It is a great it can shot. Be that simple. Gets Tyreek in there too at the end. Yeah. Slow mo to end with uh-huh. the oh, but great the, piece of content. Timing with quarterback and wide receiver is one of the biggest parts, right, of chemistry. And like, there's no one Tua could ever compare it to. Like, oh, okay, Tyreek Hill is just kind of like throwing to Devontae Smith in college. Like, he's the fastest guy in what Waddle. the end Waddle. of How one fast of, is Waddle, Waddle Wait, also we, very bro, fast. When did that that showed up late last season, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I feel like I learned about the Waddle celebration very late in the season. I was super pissed about it. Yeah. Waddle actually does the Waddle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't remember. It when is he first fucking it. electrifying. I think London maybe because they started out like one and seven, so they you, they didn't really get that push till the end, and that's when they were getting more like primetime games like against the Saints, for instance. Did he do that all season? And it was just the first time that we had seen it because he was in London town. Yeah, I think he was doing it in Bama too. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't see it. I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, genius! Yeah. 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 This awesome. is exactly what he should do. I was so happy about it. Dolphins could be good. Dolphins could oh, be yeah. great. And by the way, social media is not easy. Okay, we're not. But also, on the flip side, come on, look out for your guy. Yeah. yeah. You don't have any photos? Probably not going to be seeing too many clips from Tua hawking the pigskin for the next few days. That's kind of what happened with Lamar, right? They yeah, took that down yeah, and they like never, practice we'll much. never see another clip. <laughs> Banned yeah. social media. From- Almost our fault, too. Like, I feel like it's going to be our fault whenever <laughs> something happens with this one. I don't know. We have coaches that watch this show that don't know diddly fuck about social media or technology. Mm-hmm. So I assume there's somebody potentially down there that's just like, can't for fucking get it off. No. Can't do the social media the way. It's not perfect. <laughs> what happened? Well, the thing with the thing, we know it's a good shot. They can't do it. They would just try to echo what we said in yeah. here. I know that was your best rep. Okay? I know. <laughs> what if they were like, well, Flores told us to put all the bad shots of Tua out on the internet. All right, well, let's change that. Okay, yeah. let's change that. We no longer have that. That's crazy. McDaniel, thinking about him, too. Like what he would say. That's well, uh, not. We had a. a perfect one two after that right <laughs> okay well we didn't get the slow-mo didn't have the slow-mo on ready the ball. Yeah, didn't have the lens ready what? we gotta get everybody on the same page <laughs> all right let's get to a break we'll be back on the other side with the five energy phone line also there is conflicting reports out of the murdoch family Ooh. watching secession mm-hmm. while fox just potentially Signed somebody to a $375 million deal with information that allegedly was spewed into a phone during the quarterly earnings call. Yep. And now saying maybe not real is awesome to think about Roman potentially just getting onto that conference call and going, oh, fuck, we signed fucking Tom Brady at 10 years, $375 million. We're do- Life is good. Yeah. Life is good everywhere. We have no problems ever here. And everybody, oh, fuck. Yeah. Was that announced? <laughs> Then they go to Andrew Marshawn, mm-hmm. and then Marshawn goes, we, I'm hearing 10 years, $375 million. And then Fox comes out and says that that is not a confirmed thing. Yeah, Fox says, what has been reported isn't an accurate description of the deal, and we have not released details beyond what was disclosed on our quarterly earnings call. Fox corporate spokesman Brian Nick. Listen, when Brian Nick is talking, uh-huh. they got some shit. Nick declined to say what was in inaccurate while sources reiterated to andrew marchand of the new york post the outlay is 10 years 375 million the bottom line is that the nfl is the most powerful programming this country has ever had 
Feels like that might have been the exact. Yeah. Yeah. It's correct. How's business? How's business? The NFL is the most powerful program. <laughs> <laughs> we just signed Tom Brady. Like that sounds like. Yeah. It would be said in one of those earnings calls when everybody is trying to act as if all is good mm -hmm. or if anything bad is because a good is coming at the moment because these stock markets. Fickle. Very fickle. Mm -hmm. You know what else? Pretty fickle. Hmm. Who's that? I guess Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, From the sounds of it. There's also another company whose stock is down around 75% since the, I think since last year. Join us now. From an attic in a random house in Ohio, a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor, AJ Hall. Yay! Yay! What's up, dude? Hey, guys. What's happening? How you doing? Hey, good. Commuting to work, AJ. Yeah. Unbelievable. What's that mean? What's that? Just driving to work. I'm in the same. I'm in the same spot I've always been for the show. You know that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We appreciate you, man. We know you're going through a lot over there. I know there's a lot of commuting and traveling. I'm not going through a lot. What's that? Oh yeah, I'm not going through a lot. Yeah, I mean you got to commute down to your house. a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. You oh yeah, we're we're in the middle of a, a plan we've been working on with yeah different housing projects and everything. So yeah. Oh, okay. The reports oh, where you guys got kicked out of the house. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. That's not we what kicked happened. ourselves out of the house. Yes, that's the report. Because oh, they're okay. inspecting tunnels underneath your house. Right? Whoa. 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 We're building. We're building tunnels now, Connor. You can't tell people that. But you just did. Well, you were on a show. Oh, no. All right. Anyways, <laughs> don't be. What are you building so tunnels stupid. for? That's yeah. creepy. It's bad news. Don't be building tunnels. Actually, maybe. We need an escape plan. Yeah. yeah. True. Wine cellar. So waxing you just show up, whatever. All right. Let's talk about other stuff. Uh, Fox <laughs> is refuting the deal uh, yesterday that was announced by Andrew Marchand of the Post. Uh, allegedly, uh, Brian Nick said, what has been reported isn't an accurate description of the deal and we have not released details beyond what was disclosed on our quarterly earnings call. Brian Nick, obviously Fox corporate spokesman. Oh, that's mm -hmm. right. Hey, if Fox corporate could speak it sounded like Brian Nick's voice. Bingo. <laughs> All right, so they're the ones talking about everything. Nick declined to say what was inaccurate about the report, while sources reiterated to Andrew Marchand, the outlay is 10 years and $375 million. The bottom line is that the NFL is the most powerful programming this country has ever had. Oh, yeah. The report yesterday was via because of the quarterly earnings call in which it sounds like it was announced by somebody from Fox that this deal was taking place. That was then leaked to Andrew Marchand of uh, the Post who then reports it. As soon as that number is reported, we assume everybody at Fox Sports is pissed and everybody at ESPN is pissed. And now Brian Nick has to come out and say, whoa, 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 we haven't signed this yet. This is all just potential conversation that's happening. Even though that would be a massive part of the future that you'd be gambling on if you were to invest in Fox Sports if they were going to have Tom Brady as their lead analyst. Fascinating situation. He might be getting $37.5 million a year. Sounds like he probably is, but it's not official yet, AJ. Yeah, but they're not, they didn't even say it's not official yet. They, they're trying to say, like, hey, something, you're reporting it wrong. So is it the money? Is it the years? What, what are they going to come back and say? Like, I assume it's all just going to stay 10 years, 375, and they put some language in there. Oh, he's going to be an ambassador and have four appearances doing something. What if it was, okay, what if it was for $30 million a year, and then Tom Brady's people leaked that it's for $37.5 million, 
Okay, what if they're in negotiations uh, right now? And it's like, uh, well, everybody kind of said, I guess. What <laughs> if it is a little public pressure? I hope that's the case. What if it's a little public pressure to get a little bit more money? Uh, nonetheless, who knows what's real and what isn't real? All I do know is that our next guest, when he was on the football field, real. Hell, Hell yeah. Absolute stud. Absolute dog. dog. Was a head coach in the NFL for a little bit. Now, changing lives completely. With the Changing Our Perspective Foundation, which is primary goal is to help tackle the educational and healthcare disparities we see in our nation's most vulnerable communities. Former Man of the Year, Super Bowl champion, two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Singletary. Yeah! Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? Hey, should I call you coach? I should call you coach, huh? You can call me coach, you can call me Mike, whatever you want to call me. I'm good. I want to let you know, as that buildup was happening in my head, it was just a full-on Mike, coach, Mike, coach, Mike, coach. <laughs> I went with Mike. I feel like I should call you coach, though, because once a coach, always a coach. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. You're a legend, yeah. man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. How close do you stay to the game? Coach, are you still uh, dialed in every week? Are you still following everything about it? Are you one of those guys who thinks the game has changed too much to really keep up and be a fan of it, or are you still all the way in? Uh, the, the game has changed a lot, and, and some of that for the better, uh, you know, when it comes to the health of the guys. You know, obviously there, there are some parts of the game that, that I think uh, is going in the wrong direction, but, but that's okay. I, I just think uh, I'll always love the game. And uh, it's, it's been a, uh, a huge part of my life and my family. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> Coach, what do you think? Like, what kind of things do you like trends do you see happening in the NFL that I guess you're not a fan of? Well, I, I, I think uh, when I look at the defensive side of the ball, I, I just feel that um, some of the rulings, um, uh, guys, uh, the inconsistency of some of the calls, you know, you may go hit a quarterback depending on who the quarterback is. You know, one week is legal, another week is not. Um, you're playing DB, and, you know, they throw the ball up in the air, and uh, you touch the guy, you know, it's a flag. You know, some of those things, I, I think um, it, it can really make a coach um, really uh, very upset uh, because it's, it, that's, that's tough. It's tough on a coach. Yeah, and when you're coaching, by the way, it's life or death. You're potentially going to get fired because of some of these calls that continue to happen on an inconsistent basis. Let's talk about your coaching time. Obviously, the accolades for your playing career are massive. I mean, so many. Change the game. One of the greatest linebackers of all time in everybody's conversation, Super Bowl champion. Moving into the coaching role, and I know you were a position coach and you become a head coach. What did you find that was very similar to being a player? And what did you find that was different in the coaching world? Because me and AJ talk about this all the time. We are not coaches. Me and AJ are not coaches. The amount of time it takes, the amount of care and compassion it takes, was it everything you thought it was going to be? And how much was it like being a player in the NFL as well for you? Well, I, I think, uh, first of all, I, I enjoyed being a coach. Uh, the, the thing about uh, coaching in the NFL, it depends on kind of your background. It depends on kind of your co coaching tree. How did you come into coaching? Those things I didn't really think was that important, but they're, they are really important. I think uh, coaches' uh, acceptance of another coach that uh, maybe played in the game and maybe have some success in the game, you, you will hear something that says, you know, well, uh, a great coach, uh, a great player can't be a great coach. And, and to me, that 
that really doesn't make a, a lot of sense uh, because, uh, you know, they put it on, well, if you were a great player, then you, you're going to come to the game and you're going to have that same uh, uh, high intensity and, and, and the same expectation of your players. Well, what great coach does not? And I, I just feel that uh, that part of it, I would like to see more players that, that played in the game uh, become more coaches um, uh, b- because it would keep it true to the game. And, and um, ambassadors that play the game that become coaches, I, I really think they, they keep the roots of uh, what football really is in the game. Coach, we're going to get that is to be a problem. Coach, we're going to have to call you back to get a better connection. It's on our end, not on your end. I can't wait to continue this conversation in like a minute or so. Um, players becoming coaches, you got to be committed, though. He's talking about the entire process of becoming a head coach, by the way, it sounds like. Because remember, he, this is not just the only player that has said the process of going from player to coach is almost impossible because the paycheck goes 150th you start getting coffees you're doing this whole thing you're there all day all night and then you got to work your way up and earn your stripes again which by the way might be a necessity in to have success in this whole thing i get it but that i think that is the biggest problem that's why we knew we weren't coaches aj yeah i mean it's true like usually it's a long path to get to become a head coach if you even if you were a great player like like mike singletary was so i'm sure it's tough Coaching is uh, miserable. I don't know how anybody does it. <laughs> well, you got to if you are an assistant, you got to be coaching for the right guy. Like it's that you know, and I've talked to coaches. It makes a big difference who your head coach is, like how your schedule is, how your day goes. I feel like yeah, because they control everything. About joining us again, ladies and gentlemen, absolute stud coach Mike Singletary. Yeah. Hey, that was our end, not your end. That's on. Uh, we were just talking there a little bit of follow up conversation about players becoming coaches and the entire process. And you were talking about you know keeping the roots the game the players in there keeping the community tight how come you don't think more players coach is it because the road in the grind is so incredibly difficult and what was your experience going from player to coach i don't think i remember it or did enough research so i 100 percent apologize for that well um you know going from a a player to a coach for, for me it was uh i loved it because uh i knew that i had to to take it back to the very beginning for me and do my research and really understand, you know, cover one, cover two, cover three, what that meant. And uh, then you had to talk in a coach's vernacular. So it was uh, it was tough at the beginning. But the more I learned about it, just like I learned about the linebacker position, I I just went back to the ground roots of the um, the defense and the offense and special teams and just really learned everything that I could and tried to bring that back to the game. You're a motivational speaker now. I do believe you dabble in that a little bit. And obviously we've heard uh, about you as a coach for the Niners. Were you like that as a player too? Were you the guy uh, always calling things up? And at, at what stage of life did you decide like, hey, if nobody else is going to speak up, I will be that guy? <laughs> it, uh, it happened at 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, when I started playing football, it was uh, at that time, you know, my, my mom always taught me, son, if, if you have something to say, you got to say it. And, um, you know, if, if it's um, just make sure that it's, it's the right timing. And sometimes it's not a right timing. But but if there's something that's in your heart um, and you think it's the right thing, then, then you got to say it. How often do you get asked about Vernon? And, you know, that entire thing, because that is 
obviously that was projected nationally. That was talked about by everybody, everywhere. I think we've talked to Vernon about yeah. it, and he talked about how like a pivotal moment in his life almost he feel, felt like and how he, he kind of changed, and now obviously he's having massive success after an incredibly successful NFL career from that entire point. But you could probably get talked about that a lot because as an ex-player, everybody would assume like, okay, going to be a player's coach. Maybe, you know, not this type of situation. I think that's why it maybe even blew up even bigger. At that moment, at that time, you're just thinking about him as the human, not just as a football player and what he needs to hear as opposed to what he wants to hear. And is that how you always were? Absolutely. I, I think that um, as a coach, uh, one of the, the first responsibilities is to always look at your players and and particularly those players on, on the team that you feel that can do better than, than what they are and, and try and find that button, trying to find out what it is that will help that player become the player that they need to be. Not only that, but uh, if you see leadership in them, also try to bring that out of them and uh, try to help them get to the next level in life. Feels like Vernon did that and he appreciated uh, you for it. Coach, magical moments there. Let's take it back to your playing days. Chicago, the Bears. Two different coaches on that team, right? Is that over-dramatized or not? Is that real? Is that 100% real from inside? Is that oh, it's, it's 110% real, absolutely. How does that happen? As a guy who's a head coach now, could you imagine if that was actually taking place on your team? That's wild you guys had as much success as you mm -hmm. did with that happening. Well, it, it was tough, I, I, I think. Uh, but at the same time, I think because of the amount of uh, maturity that we had on that team, we had a tremendous locker room. When you think of guys like Peyton, uh, McMahon, uh, Steve McMichael, uh, Dan Hampton, Richard, Dan Otis. I mean, we had a lot of guys that were not afraid to speak and um, for, for the things that they thought was right. And, and so it was just one of those times that it allowed us to be able to have two coaches that were the same way. You know, hey, this is the way I think it needs to be. This is the, this is the way it's going to be. And uh, how about you mind your business? I mind mine and let's go. And you want to super. It was. Yeah, and it worked. So I guess that's a winning combination there. You got the marketing, too, coming out of that team. Yeah. I mean, it was – you guys were a big, big deal long before, like, social media and viral and everything was even fe uh, feasible. You guys were doing that and winning and having success. The drama behind the scenes had to be awesome between those two. Dicka and Buddy, that had to be fantastic. Go ahead, Ty. Coach, how difficult was it when you first started coaching or later on when you're coaching a guy and obviously you're a Hall of Famer and you know that a guy maybe doesn't have anywhere near the amount of skill you have? Like, how difficult is that knowing what you could do in that role but knowing that the guy that you're coaching is never going to be able to be the type of player that you were? I think the biggest thing about that is, is first of all, because of the ability that, that, that I had and, and being able to look at other guys that I played with, you, you have a, a sense of what a guy can and cannot do. So when you're looking at players, um, you, you go out, you do the drills, um, you, you look at the footwork, you, you, you look at the hips, you look at the body movement, and, and you can pretty much uh, kind of determine this is the type of player I have. And, and then be, uh, being able to help that player operate in their strengths, that's the biggest thing about a coach. How do I get that player to operate in their strengths? They may not be as fast, they may not be as big, but uh, how can I help them really appreciate uh, and accentuate 
the talents that they do have. How do you know if a guy's a dog or not, coach? How do you know if a guy's a dog? Like how do you, like back in the day, I'm assuming you guys dealt with the same type of issues as the modern NFL, where some guys on the team, it's like, all right, that guy is not, like that guy's not mentally into it. You know, like there's a difference, I think, in the mentality between guys that are in the NFL and then guys that stay in the NFL. How do you find if a guy is that? And do you think being a dog is in everybody? You just have to find it? Um, I think there are critical moments, uh, critical factors in a game, critical uh, factors in practice. Uh, when someone gets the crap knocked out of them, uh, do they get up and, and they don't want anymore? Or they get up and they get right back in the line and say, hey, uh, I want that same guy. Uh, come on back up here. Let's go. And the same thing may happen again. That's okay. But you know that that guy has got some pride. That's a guy that you want to play with. And that's a guy that you can develop. Those kinds of things, um, even when you're a defensive player and you look at an offensive player, you know, the quarterback, uh, the quarterback throws an interception. Does he go back in the huddle and, and look at the ground or does he go back in the huddle and say, hey, guys, that's my fault. Let's get back in here. I want you to run that same route. Let's go. That's the kind of thing that you know that you got a player. If someone doesn't have that, I'm wondering that in kids. I have four young kids and I'm always around young sports if someone doesn't have like that killer instinct or that that you know just drive to continue to get back up, can you coach it into them or can they develop that? You know what? It's that's one of those things where that, that's where that thin line is, where you have to try and and pull them out and and uh, pull them to the side. Uh, a great example is is someone like uh, Vernon Davis. When when you say you would look at him in practice and say, you know what, this guy's a dog. But at the end of the day, you know, he's always fighting. He's always got to have the last word. Just say, wait a minute, there's something here. Uh, but uh, it became that moment when, when he had an opportunity to say, you know what, coach, that was your fault. You shouldn't have hollered at me like that. You shouldn't have did me like that. You shouldn't have. And so, but instead he came in and said, hey, coach, you know what, I was wrong. And I apologize. My grandmother said you were exactly right. And you know what? help me become the player that I need to be. What do I need to do? And I said, Vernon, you need to catch 100 balls in the morning, 100 balls at, at, uh, before practice, 100 balls after practice. And uh, the next morning, he came and knocked on my door. He said, look outside. He was catching 100 balls that morning. He was going to catch another 100 balls after practice. After that season, he was all pro, and the rest is history. Man, what a moment. That had to feel so good. Fulfillment there, huh? That's true fulfillment right there, I assume, for a coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are you up to these days, Coach? What do you got going on? You seem to be in good shape still. Are you a Peloton? You on the Peloton all day, every day? <laughs> I got all kind of stuff. <laughs> but, uh, you know, as, as you get older, you get everything you can to, to try and help you uh, stay in the shape that you need to be in. But um, really primarily right now working on our 501c3, which is changing our perspective. And uh, it's all about um, helping the gap that we have in our country, how do we close that gap? Um, and uh, for me, the gap is education and health and mental wellness. I, I think that uh, when you look at our schools, uh, we have a couple of partners. Uh, Schmoop is one of those partners that we have um, that's doing a great job. They have great curriculum that's engaging for the kids. Um, they have test prep. And uh, those programs really go along ways toward uh, supporting the teachers and supporting the students. On the other side of that, we have another uh, partner. It's called Pulse for Pulse. 
and uh, Pulse for Pulse um, really, really helps the lower socioeconomic communities understand where they are health-wise, not kind of what they have today, but where they are uh, health-wise and be able to tell them, if you continue to do this, this is what you're gonna have. You're gonna be a diabetic. You're, you're gonna be a person that's gonna be very sick. So those are two things that we have to program that are kind of the foundation of what we do and we continue to move forward with that. Hell yeah. 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 Thank you, Coach. A diehard Chicago Bears fan. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Making the world a better place, man. It's awesome. From Bay the Bear to Chicago Bear to saving the world. I mean, that is awesome news. Uh, Zito, big time Chicago Bears fan. Can't wait to chat with you. Go ahead, Cuz. Hey, Coach. Uh, I just had a question. So, like, when we talked about, like, the, having two coaches and two teams, basically. Did you guys have any good, like, uh, you and Walter Payne, any good stories with that on the, like, practice field? <laughs> well, um, as far as Walter and I, uh, you know, Walter was a prankster, and, and uh, I, I found that out pretty early on. And uh, so, so that he and I could be friends, uh, I told him, I said, Walter, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not very good at responding to those, so I'd appreciate it if you don't do that to me. <laughs> I don't play these games. I don't play these games. Water balloons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, you just always had to watch yourself when you were around Walter. Had a lot of fun. Kept it fun in the locker room. So, uh, okay. But I, I think amongst the, when we got back in the locker room, we were a team. Uh, we had fun together. We talked. Uh, whether it was me and McMahon, whether it was me and Walter, uh, Dent, Otis, uh, Hampton, uh, it was uh, it was an interesting uh, locker room. And one of the things that I tell people, and people say all the time, man, that team had so many great athletes. And I said, no, they didn't. We we really didn't have you know a lot of tremendous talent. We didn't. We didn't. We had guys that hated to lose. We had guys that held each other accountable. Uh, we, if you didn't do your job, and I tell people this all the time, Hampton and I really didn't get along very well when, when I was playing. Uh, we didn't really become friends until after I, I finished my career. Uh, because when I played and I missed a tackle, Dan Hampton would turn around and say, hey, man, do your job. Why did that guy get three yards? I said, hey, how about you do your job? <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those things where I didn't want to let him down, and he knew that if, if the quarterback threw the ball 20 yards down the field, I'm saying, hey, man, we got to get home. You got to get to the quarterback. Let's go. What are you doing? So it, it was that kind of thing that, that we did uh, to really push each other and make sure that we were doing our job. And on the day that I found out I was going to make the Hall of Fame, I sat there and I thought, which teammate am I going to call, call first? And I'm thinking, no, no, not Dan. But I ended up calling Dan first because he was the guy that always challenged me. Uh, you know, Samurai, come on, man, you're better than that. Let's go. And uh, that kind of thing, we, we did it to each other all the way through my career, as well as Dan and Steve McMichael and Otis Wilson. It, it, it was always that way. That's what made us a great team. Accountability within the locker room is the culture that everybody is speaking of and trying to find around the NFL. It's no surprise that the Bears had an incredible one. The success was, 
I mean, you guys were superstars. Yeah. You guys were absolute superstars out there. Doing it the right way sounds amazing. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Coach, are there any players you look around today that you would kind of either want to play with or coach like for them on the field? Like whether it be linebacker or even a D lineman, a safety, or anybody on the offensive side? The first guy that uh, comes to mind on um, the defensive side of the ball, the, the linebacker, the middle linebacker for Tampa Bay, uh, uh, he's from LSU. White. Right? I forget his name. I think his last name may be White. Devin. Um, okay, yes. Yeah. He, he's a he's a good-looking linebacker, and, and um, he's a guy that, that I wouldn't mind coaching. He, he's, uh, I think, a tremendous athlete, as well as the guy, the middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. I, I think he has a tremendous amount of ability, and, and I'd really like to see him go to the next level. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, the quarterback at the Chicago Bears. I, I think uh, when I looked at him in college, um, he took a hit one time that, that I mean, he just, just got leveled in the bowl game. The guy knocked the crap out of him. He gets up and he continues to play. And I thought, wow, oh, yeah. there's something special about that kid. And um, kind of Cam Newton kind of ability. But uh, he's, he's a kid that I, I really think uh, whatever coach have the chance to coach him, uh, they, they, they have an opportunity to have a tremendous player uh, if, if they do the things that they need to do early on. You're a Bear through and through. And, you know, the Bears are always known for that linebacker core. And I think it's because you and then obviously Erlacher comes through there mm-hmm. and the many other greats. Have you and Erlacher, do you guys just like once a year strap the helmets on? <laughs> And just run into each other head first? You know what I mean? Is that what you guys, you guys still strap it up or what? Like, you know, for the good old days for the Bears or not? Uh, no, we don't do that kind of strapping it up. But uh, we, we see each other maybe two or three times a year, and it's always uh, good to see him as well as Butkus. You know, the three of us get together uh, every oh, now God. and then, maybe a couple of times a year we'll see each other. And, no beer safe. And uh, just, just kind of chat a bit about what's going on, what's happening, and it's always fun. Imagine a Chicago and walking. Is that what oh. you guys call it, Chicagoans? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Walking into some steakhouse or whatever, and it's Butkus, Singletary, and Erlacher. So oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, thank you for your time today. We appreciate you, Coach. Come back whenever and keep doing great things with the Changing Our Perspective Five Hundred One C Three. I thank you, sir. God bless you. Take care, AJ. You take care of yourself too. Quite a linebacker right. yourself, my oh. man. Appreciate it, coach. Wow. Hey, you know this guy exists. You think you think he's a good ball player? <laughs> oh yeah, heck yeah, he was a good ball player. He's, he, I had hoped that we would get him uh, in Minnesota when he came out, but he went to Green Bay. Okay. And I thought he was an excellent linebacker and uh, did a great job at, at the collegiate level. And uh, I thought he did a great job at, at the pro level. So. Um, AJ, I, th- I thought you did a tremendous job. Fantastic guy. Wow. Thank you. Cool. Appreciate wow. it. Talked a lot of guys that you coached. Uh, Chad Greenway, I uh, like that guy a lot. I know you coached him. He had great things to say about you. Chad, okay. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Tell Chad hello when you talk to him. Hey, hello. Coach, Coach, real quick. When you're scouting a linebacker, do you look at the just the sheer size of their cranium, like AJ's head here? For instance, he has one of the <laughs> largest heads, jaws, and everything, and, and you're like, you know what? That guy, probably a thick skull. Mm-hmm. That guy could be a good linebacker. Do you think about that type of stuff when you're scouting? Uh, you want me to tell you, now that you mention that, you want me to tell you who A.J. reminds me of when you look at him at a, at a quick glance? Spillman. Oh. Oh. He's, got a, he's got a hard head, too, yeah. Body type of Spillman. 
kind of walks like him. He like has that. a little more flexibility in his Spielman. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he definitely reminds me of Spielman. Oh, that's awesome. Spielman's running a team right now, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time. Hall of Famer, legend, coach Mike Singletary. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Joining us now, <laughs> a man that is a part of a crew and a tour that keeps us all entertained every single weekend. We might fall asleep in the middle of it, but when we wake back up, we are so excited to witness the spectacular that is the way these dudes hit golf shots. Ladies and gentlemen, a man who has 14 career tour wins, a major in there. This weekend, he's the second favorite to win the AT&T Byron Nelson Tournament, Alabama guy. Roll Tide! Justin Thomas. Yeah! What's up, man? How are we doing? Hey, thanks for joining us. This is huge for our, our, our program. You know, you're a big-time golfer joining our show. This is big for our program. We appreciate the hell out of you. Hey, it's big for my resume. I've been been listening and, uh, you know, a big fan of you and, and all your tackles. So, you know, this is pretty cool for me to uh, be in a show. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Good way to start this whole thing off. Feels like we're going to be best friends. Let's dive in. How are you hitting the ball? How's the ball rolling? Feel like this weekend you're the second favorite behind old Scooty Scheffler or whatever is number one in the world. Your second best odds going into the weekend. How do you feel? You must be striping it. Yeah, I had three weeks off, which is pretty rare for us. So it was, it was nice to have a little time off and get away from the game, but then got back practicing pretty good. And Really, just trying to get dialed in and um, and you know peaking for the for the major next week. But uh, you know I'm excited for this week. Three weeks off is that an eternity for you, or do you need? Have you been golfing your entire life here? Like ever since you were a kid, everybody knew you were going to be a golfer. Uh, well, I kind of sucked at everything else, and I like sports, so <laughs> I, it was pretty much my only choice um, was golf. So, I mean, I, I always loved it. I grew up around it. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's been my thing forever. Who do you like to play with sometimes, like on your practice rounds or when you get to the course early? I know you guys are there all week. It's not just what we see on TV. Do you have a core group of guys you play with? Yeah, I mean, I play with Jordan and Ricky quite a bit. It's just it really is kind of matching schedules. I mean, everybody kind of goes about it differently in terms of what, how they want to prepare, you know, what nine they're going to play and, and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we like to get some money games here and there and, uh, and poke fun at each other. It makes the – the preparation process a little more fun. What's the mentality uh, when you're in the tournament? Is it similar to trying to keep it as light as possible, or are you super dialed in, super focused, and have you bounced back and forth throughout your years of golf? I'd say I've bounced back and forth. I think a lot of it, as crazy as it is, depends on who you're playing with. I think, you know, when, at least for me, I'm probably better off when I'm uh, when I'm just me and, me and my caddy bones and we're kind of in our own little world. I mean, we'll talk between shots, but the more focused I am, the better. I'm not really someone that's that's better off being laid back and relaxed and, and yucking it up with the guys, the fans, whatever. Like it's, I'm out there to do a job and, uh, and you know, being focused is, is my best chance of doing it well. What's the work week look like? It sounds like you just got out of a bye, how we would describe a bye there with a couple of weeks off for the body. Mega Maybe, yeah, mega bye. Did the body <laughs> heal and what is the work week like? Are you like putting in the morning? Do you have a full routine every single day and do you stick by it the entire PGA season? Yeah, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm pretty routine oriented. Um, I mean, on Wednesdays we have pro-am, so I had a 650 pro-am this morning, so a little 445 wake up. Woo! Hey, you're a good stuff. guy. You're a good oh, guy. Yeah. You're a good guy. So, um, yeah, I never, it's never fun setting an alarm in the fours, but uh, I go to bed early, so 
went out and played played my nine hole pro am, got my practice done, and um, and yeah, I'm back and, and settled the rest of the afternoon. What's practice look like though? And you know, I'm preparing for my first big tournament here, JT. I'm in Tahoe, okay, in July. Ooh. Yeah, hey. Hi. Thank you. There's a bug bombs flew right into my eyeball and my <laughs> mouth. The studio is falling apart as we speak to you, Justin. Sorry about it. Trying to deal with the outside elements just like you have to do every single weekend here. Uh, I have a tournament coming up in Tahoe, and you have been, you know, raised in the game. But you talk to like ex athletes that have teed off at Tahoe, that have been in the biggest stages. They say that tunnel, that crowd of people when you're on the tee box is the most nerve-wracking that they get. How often, right, do you have to train your mind? And is it something you just get past, you get over? Or is every single week in front of a large amount of people something you have to deal with? It's definitely something you have to deal with, but it's really... I mean, it's the same as if I, you know, would have gone into your atmosphere, you know, in your plan. It's like, I wouldn't be comfortable, like you're comfortable, but I'm not. And I mean, it's the same. I, I tell this to pro-am guys that play pro-ams with all the time, you know, CEOs, CFOs, whatever. And they're like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, well, like I take this the nicest way possible, but you're not supposed to be good. Like I'm, this is my job. I have to be good and I, I should be comfortable. And like, if I had to go do what you did, First off, I'd be terrible at it. And second off, I'd be really uncomfortable. So that's a part of it is that, you know, this is my job. This is what I've done. There's obviously times when you're nervous. That's good. I mean, you want to feel that. But, um, you know, I practice and, and prepare enough to where hopefully it doesn't uh, get the best of me kind of thing. Huh. Do you ever find uh, you're in like the middle of a competitive round Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and some of your pro-am partners are in the crowd trying to get your attention from outside the ropes and they're yelling. And I wonder if that happened. I golfed with him yesterday. JT! 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 How about that eagle? Yeah, that, that, uh, that happens, unfortunately. Yeah, but they're all good they, people. They want you to tell their wife how good they are, probably. <laughs> I never play this bad. It's like, well, you probably do. <laughs> this course this weekend, you like it? And what courses around the entire tour do you feel like shape your game the most? What do you think is your favorite and style of course almost? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the track this week. I think it's um, it's it's pretty in front of you. I mean, it's relatively open fairways and, and tee to green. It's right there. But, I mean, the most important thing for this week is trying to get me ready and prepared for the pga next week i mean that's why i'm playing and um i mean i like i like courses where you have to shot shape it where you have to it's it's not necessarily just you know step up on the tee and bomb a drive and and it's it's just right there you have to think a little bit you maybe have some some wind some firmness where you have to shape it into greens into fairways and I feel like that brings out the uh, the best of my game. I feel like I learned a lot about you through the match and your coverage. You're mic'd up. You're great. Hey, mm -hmm. you were great at it. Yeah, yeah. You are good. You did great. Because a lot of you golfers stink at interviews. You know what I mean? <laughs> like after after the round, it's the it's like yeah. hockey almost. It's just like the most cliche stuff. Yeah, I thought yeah. I was hitting the ball well today. You know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I found the green or whatever. I made my putts, that whole thing. Like, it's always very cliche. Then you on the mic for the match was awesome. Then I learned more and more about you. It's like, hey, this guy is like best friends with Tiger Woods. He went Alabama, big sports guy, this whole thing. I feel like you were introduced to the world here in the last couple of years. Did you feel that? And how accurate are all the statements? Are you like Tiger Woods' best friend in this entire thing? I, I guess I can't probably speak on behalf of who, if I'm somebody's best friend. Um, we, we've been very fortunate to, or at least I've been very fortunate to, you know, develop a great relationship and friendship with them. It's definitely something I never thought would happen, but. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like in interviews and anything, like I just I don't want to be anybody other than myself. You definitely see guys that act like robots that feel like they say the 
the the PC answer and like yeah I understand there's times where you can't say everything that's on your mind but I, I, there's no reason for me to sit here and and say something that someone's feeding me just because that's what they want me to say like I'm because then if I'm trying to grow my brand and, and get people to know who I am they're not even getting to know me you know what I'm saying so it's like I want to I want to be me like I'm a joking sarcastic kind of person and I'm not really scared to kind of poke fun of you or throw jabs and um and you know i enjoy that so it's just uh i don't know yeah it sounds like you're a human yeah. and that leads me to my next <laughs> yeah. question how have you remained a human by the way because i got a chance to see you you golf with him jordan spieth i think i was in i got an airbnb in dallas whenever we were there for wrestlemania i got an airbnb in dallas i think it was in his neighborhood the only reason why i know that is because like four of the neighbors told us whenever we were there that it was there and it was right on a golf course and there was just you know it was bentley maserati like it was the nicest thing, and I'm like, he grew up here? They're like, yeah, this is like his home course or whatever. And if you're incredible at golf, I assume all the other mega rich people are like, I can't, this kid's like our guy. Like, you, how do yeah. you, the whole process of going from like being talented kid at golf all the way to professional golf, I assume it's much like how a quarterback gets treated, but maybe even more so like the amount of pressure and the amount of expectation, but fake life almost, JT. I, I don't want to yeah. say like fake life, but it had to be very difficult to remain a normal human with how fucking good you have been at golf your entire life. Am I wrong in reading that or no? Um, I mean, maybe uh, I don't think it's, it shouldn't be that hard, but then again, I think that's it. I don't know. It's just some, you know, everybody's different. It's just like some people are, and for the record, I'm stand I'm literally standing in Jordan's driveway right now and I don't see any Bentley's or <laughs> <laughs> you, you might have been mistold in, in that. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just one of those things, man. Everybody I feel like everybody's different and it, it's just like I don't like I just want to win golf tournaments. That's all I want to do. I want to win golf tournaments. I want to be the best like golfer to ever walk the face of the earth and I'm working as hard as I can to do that. And I mean it's that's why I tell everybody that kind of say, you know, if I get asked for a picture or an autograph, they're like, oh, that must suck. And I'm like, well, it beats the alternative. Like, if I wasn't playing well, no one would care who I am or know who I am. So it's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would take it this way versus the other way. So I don't know. It's it's It definitely can get hard time to time or from time to time just in the stuff that you're expected of or, or ex expectations, not only from yourself, but other people. But um like I said, it beats the alternative. It's just a part of it, I think. You guys all got to be kind of entrepreneurial too, right? Because you're your own entities. You just talked about it there a little bit with your brand and everything like yeah. that. Do you think because do you think golf is growing as a whole? I, I watch it a lot more than I did back in the day. I don't know if that's how everybody is, but it feels like golf is growing, right? You feel the same way? I do for sure. I mean, it obviously would have much rather COVID had not happened, but for the sake of golf, I think it was great. I think it got people to you know, it was the, the only thing that was necessarily open, if you want to say, and people were kind of using that as an excuse and be like, wow, I actually do like golf. So it, it, I think golf benefited a lot from it. And I don't know, it's just getting a lot younger. It's getting, you know, more fun. It's like, it's, it's not like, it, I feel like before or in the past, it maybe wasn't a cool thing to do versus now. I'm still not saying it's cool for the record. I'm just saying it's cooler. <laughs> no, it is. Uh, yeah. Golf's no, it is. Better. Golf is very cool. I wish I had more time to do it. But it's, um, I don't know, it's just one of those things, it's, get, it's getting there, and I think we're on a great wave right now, so I mean, you know, just keep riding it out and hope that we can spread it and, um, and you know, just get it as, as positive and, and, and keep going as much as we can. Is there anything more the PJ can do to make it, I guess, like, more appealing to younger people at times? I feel like with just your dress code and you guys with the pants and everything, yeah, 
sometimes I'm like, oh, this guy, there's a nice 42-year-old man playing golf, and he's 25 years old. I just feel like <laughs> this is what you have to wear, it makes you look older. It just makes it look like an old stooge sport a little bit more, even though I watch a ton. But do you think, like, I know you get shorts in the practice rounds. Do you think that will ever cross over into the competitive rounds? Do you want was it? That a shot at, uh, was that a shot at Scotty just because he looks like he's older? <laughs> Scotty, no. Wow. No, no, no. Scotty who? No, no, no. It's the whole sport. It's the whole sport. It's the whole sport, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, the dogs are running. Um, no, it's, it, it is what it is. Like, it's uh, – What's the name of the dog? I think there's, you can't just make all these adjustments at once, but um, I think it's going to keep getting better. And I think it, it, there's definitely things that that need to be, I don't want to say changed completely, but just, you know, get just inch closer and closer and get a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, as long as it keeps going in the right direction, you know what I'm saying? It can't be something where you feel like you got to completely force it and, and completely change it because like you said i mean golf is growing so we're doing something right so we don't want to you know like the old saying if it ain't broke don't fix it um hopefully that's that's the case for this got to continue to evolve a little bit i think as technology changes and everything like that it's just it's very fascinating to me because the atmosphere at golf tournaments is vastly more mature than i think anywhere else now phoenix obviously a different thing when you go out to phoenix is it just like what you're expecting at a golf course because i think you've mixed it up with a fan and even kicked the fan out is it they cross the line what do you expect from fans and do you appreciate when it's maybe a little bit more rowdy or do you appreciate you know the more sophisticated Sophisticated. Great shot there. Great shot. It's a great shot there. Yeah. Great shot there. Um, it's – I. for the record, I haven't kicked anybody out of Phoenix. I've kicked someone out of, uh, elsewhere. But uh, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> noted, by I the know, way. Yeah. I know better than to do that at Phoenix. That's that's a bad combination. Uh, <laughs> but, no, man, it, it's just – I feel like it's it just – it's the only time where we can compare our sport to other sports. You know, it's like – these tournaments that are trying to make they make a hole like the 16th of Phoenix, like they don't understand that there's 40,000 people or 30,000 people on 16th of Phoenix. So when people are making noise and talking and yelling at you, like there's enough noise to where it kind of evens out. Whereas you know when there's a thousand people on the hole and then five drunk idiots decide to yell at you, yes, like that that's that's very different. So <laughs> um, Phoenix is crazy. I mean, I love the golf course. I love the tournament. I mean, you're you're always going to get your people that are overserved and feel like they can say whatever, but that happens in all sports. Like it, it's just <laughs> what the a way, way to describe that. <laughs> what a way to describe the drunks are, overserved by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> drunks are a problem in every sport. I couldn't even imagine in like a mostly quiet sport of golf. It has to be pretty frustrating, I assume. Yeah, it, it is. But man, it's it's it is what it is. Like it, you got to just kind of take it in and know that. I mean, the, the better you play, the more people you're going to have that are going to be going against you. And it, I try to use it as an opportunity to just maybe fuel me a little bit more or, or whatever it is. But, um, you know, like, it's kind of like I said earlier, beats the alternative. At least we got people, more and more people out there and watching. Sock tan and head tan just absurd right now for is that, is that head how? the head tan the head tan isn't uh isn't awful the sock tan's not great it's that's one of those things I think it's permanent it's just not going away it's just a matter of how bad is it I'm gonna have to walk this course in Tahoe <laughs> so I'm just thinking that you're walking Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday then when do you travel Monday I mean and Tuesday too usually. You go out and play the probably play nine holes Tuesday, um, play nine or eighteen Wednesday, and then yeah, eighteen Thursday so, through Sunday. So you're just walking every day, basically. You just walk a marathon. Every I day. do a lot of walking. Yeah, yeah I, 
that that's maybe the only other sport that I could be good at if there was just like a, a walking not speed walking. Walk. Hey, yeah. speed oh, yeah. oh, not just power walking. Normal walk. Oh, basic ass stride, <laughs> basic yeah. ass walking, kind of a jaunt. How about pace of play? I know that's not a thing for you, but I know that is a touchy subject, kind of in yep. golf. Yeah. It's slow. It's it, it definitely could get better, but I mean, it's like if it, you know you go to a, a highway in Los Angeles, like you get that many cars, it's, you're going to get a traffic. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting to the we're getting fields that are you know so big that it, you really don't have much of a choice but be slow and be pretty backed up. So, um, you know, the the smaller fields are better, and obviously the course setup and and how difficult it plays can change can have an impact on it but it's getting better it's not getting like that much better but um yeah i mean slow you know playing five and a half six hour rounds that's nobody likes that no that's by the way i think we enjoy watching it potentially because we could take two two hour (laughs) in the middle of it and still keep up with whoever it's a it's a great map sport i know you don't get a chance to enjoy it but when you retire you're gonna love it it is incredible go ahead tone uh jt i think i saw that you were playing southern hills yesterday which is where the pga uh is is next week could you have stayed there and just played up until the tournament or did you feel like going to play in the Byron Nelson gave you a better pre- preparation for next week. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of going through a little phase right now of trying to figure out what works better for me in majors. I haven't. Oh, played. let's brainstorm! Hey, let's brainstorm! We're like yeah. part of this. So I I haven't played as well as I feel like I should have in majors in past, and I I generally take the week off the the week before. Um, and I just felt like this was a, it was a, I mean, it's easy travel. It's, it's another thing too. And, and logistically and geographically where you are, like there's times where a week before might be up in Connecticut and then the U S open the next week might be in San Diego. Like that doesn't really make sense. Like that's going to be tough, but here being in Dallas and then going to Tulsa next week, it's very close by and felt like I could go do what I did on Monday and go check it out to where the preparation next week will be a little easier. But I mean, there's nothing, there's no better preparation than actually being in that moment and being in the competitive mind frame. So I feel like it's something that, uh, that will benefit me, but I'll, I'll let you know, come Sunday next week. Yeah, How'd you make that decision? It. Did you have to consult with somebody? Did you talk to other players or was it just your own decision-making? You're like, you know what? I got to change something up here. Yeah. I mean, everybody's different. It's, it's a lot of guys like taking weeks off. And I mean, I like taking weeks off too. I just think sometimes when I'm home, I can over prepare as, as crazy as it is. And I feel like I can kind of over think, uh, over expect out of myself because of how much I've prepared. And I almost get to the point where I feel like I'm peaking before I leave. Like I, I work so hard to get my game in good of shape as it can be. And then it's just not realistic to be able to sustain that for an entire week. Like it's just not, you know what I mean? So I think this is something where I can kind of play into the form that I'm hoping to be playing in for a major championship. Hey, let's go win a major. Yeah, 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 boy. Hey, let's go win a fucking major, huh? Hey, let's go yeah. win another one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's go, JT. Huh? Hey, that hole's going to be bigger than it's ever been. Yeah. Huge. Oh, my God. The golf ball's going to be big on the oh, team. Hell yeah. It's going to be huge. Let's go, JT. Let's go. Go ahead, Ty. JT, I feel like you've been one of the big American guys who's really spearheaded the kind of Ryder Cup comeback because for a while there, the Euros were kind of just kicking our ass. And it's awesome to watch you play because it's very evident how jacked up and juiced up you get. How much different is it playing in a Ryder Cup than it is uh, in like a major or just a regular tour event? Uh, it's, it's totally different. It's uh, the adrenaline. I mean, I, I've I've said the story before the first Ryder Cup I played in 
Um, I hit a five wood off the first tee, and Jordan and I, I think, were the. I don't think we were the first match out. Whatever. But I hit first, and when I hit five wood off the tee, I don't off the tee box. I don't use a tee. I just kind of put an indention in the ground, and I've I've. I still to this day say if I had to put the ball on the tee, I wouldn't have been able to. Like my hands were shaking so bad, I wouldn't have been able to get the ball on the tee. Oh, I mean, it was like, really? I was. It's so nerve wracking, and you have so much adrenaline that you just like you can kind of hear and feel your like heart beating in your head and your ears, and it's just it's to be able to, um, I guess, channel that and almost like calm yourself down while still being excited and pumped up. It's. It definitely took me a little bit to get used to, but man, there's uh, there's not many feelings like it. Yeah, it's the first time you guys get to experience like team, right? Like team golf. Yeah. Like, hey, we're all it's in this awesome. thing together. Fuck them. Like, that's the first well, time you really get that. It's great because usually when you play bad, you're totally screwed because, but now you got teammates. So at least if you play bad, you got 11 others that can pick you up. Hey, figure it out, Jordan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you see the five wood? I can barely hit it. Figure exactly. it out, man. I need you here. Pick me up a little bit. Hey, how would you recommend just hitting into a net only before a big tournament? Like for a couple months, just only hitting the ball into the net. And is that what you do to win? Do you want an, uh, an honest answer or an ego boosting answer? Well, Ego boost would be cool. I'd probably hit the ball better because my confidence would be high, but we got enough time for an honest answer. So I think maybe both. Give me both. Let's yep. deliver the ego boost and then maybe reality at the end of that thing. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, you'll be able to get your, your feels in. You, you feel like you can repeat it over and over, and it's, it's something, you know, it'd be less tiring. It just It's a very simple move. You're not worried about the ball flight. You're just worried about the feel and the move. But at the end of the day, you have no idea where the hell the ball's going, so you could be totally screwed. I, I don't really know what to tell you. I know where it's going. It's going right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah going dead straight. Yeah. Well, I, you Center mass. Seen, you should have seen yeah. that draw. <laughs> I had it's 10 draws straight yesterday. I hit my driver so much further since there's nets not right here. <laughs> All right, man. Maybe. <laughs> so what, putting, how often do you work your putting, or is it just something you have? Yeah, I work on putting a lot. It's. I think it's something week to week i mean we play on different surfaces and different grasses all the time and, and speeds of greens that um you know you take the time beginning of the week to try to get used to the speed and so i mean that requires a lot of repetition a lot of practice but um no nah, yeah you just gotta uh that's one of those th i guess everybody's different i mean for me i like to do it a bunch to where it feels like it, i have to think about as less or as little as possible can you do this <laughs> i can do that yeah <laughs> really you and me both. What's that mean? <laughs> What's that mean? You tell me, man. That net's working. Yeah, huh? it is. Yeah, good that net's working. I need to get out there on the grass. Last question for you here, uh, and I can't thank you enough. Connor, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, JT, how do you feel about the move the needle bonus? Is that something you think that's helped like grow the game, or do you think that uh, people run into the whole acting like how they think they should be or how people would like? It's a good question. I think the, the, the premise of it is good. I think... I mean, it, it's hard. I can't win in this in this situation because, like, I was in the top ten, so clearly everyone's going to think, yeah, obviously you think it's a good idea. But at the end of the day, I mean, you look at it in any sport, there's you can cut the number to wherever you want, but there's people that generate revenue versus others. The only difference is those people, you know, the top five gen revenue generators in the NBA, they get top five NBA contracts. We don't have contracts. We have to go out and earn our money each week. Cool. And if we don't play well, we don't get that. So this is an opportunity basically as close as the PGA Tour can get to something like that. So it's it's they use a system with five different categories to basically say, 
these are the 10 people that have the biggest, most positive impact on the PGA Tour, and this is how they get rewarded. So it's a complex system, and I think it was it was um, well thought out. I mean, I'm sure like anything, it's going to take some years of perfecting, but um, I mean, I got I got three and a half million reasons to like it. <laughs> no, you earned it, pal. You, you earned those. Don't, don't act like that was a handout. You earned that thing. And I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want anybody to ever get in trouble on this show. This show is about good vibes. But I do not know that the PGA doesn't have to pay anybody other than the winners. There's no contracts or anything like that. So all your money, all your guaranteed money is just from your uh, sponsors and everything like that. And then you yeah, just have yeah. to hope that you make it, right? Yeah, yeah. That. The guaranteed money is sponsors. And, I mean, other than that, I mean, we're paying, yeah, we're paying our food. We're paying our lodging. We're paying our travel. Paying our caddy everything like that it's just the uh yeah the, the other income we have is just based on how how well we play that week so you make a cut does that pay like is there a certain payment schedule like forever is there how is the because i'm trying to figure out the business side of it because it has become a focal point mm-hmm. of the conversation with pga right now so yeah. if, you, if you make a cut and then that obviously duplicates your money if you don't make the cut you make no money that week yeah zero man there's some you lose money because you have a lot of expenses to go to a tournament, yeah. right? Yes. It's like Tin Cop, dude, when he's driving an yeah. RV what you, like, what do you? Let's say you get uh, 50th place in a normal, like, run, just a normal tournament. What, how much does that usually pay? Probably 30 grand, something like that. Yeah, it's 25 for this tournament. 50? 25. If you don't have a good NetJets deal, that thing, you're spending that and flying there and back. Well, not or just, just there. NetJets. There's a lot of other yeah. plane companies that I would like to put over as well, not just NetJets, although yeah. NetJets <laughs> does have good planes. Okay. There's many others out there that have good ones as Wheels well. Up. Well, yeah. good. Well, I'm not saying. No. no I'm, I have not had that experience, but people have said <laughs> they do have good planes as well. I don't want to dive into that. But, anyways, uh, JT, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. What do you think the chances are? I'm 35. You wished me happy birthday the other day. Thank you for that. I just turned 35. The, um, the Champions uh, Tour. Champions mm-hmm. Tour. Are you guys all going to go play in that? Or are you just going to retire whenever you get older? Because i got a $20 million thing with that guy over there that I can make top 50 in a Champions Tour event someday. But if you all are just going to do that after the PGA, that kind of fucks me a little bit. So you guys are not going to do the Champions Tour, right? That's not something everybody does? Not everybody does it, but I really don't see uh, if you don't keep – continue to hit into a net for 20 years while you couldn't play in the champions tour that's all you needed to know. bang good luck this week all you needed hey good luck next weekend too you're the man we appreciate the hell out of you thank you boys for having me on appreciate it ladies and gentlemen justin thomas as you get older testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in your body oh no yes yeah, for the men yeah shit okay. it's for the men Hell yeah. Now you're a man. But man. not as much as you used to be. Yeah. Once were you about to say? Yeah, I was going to say that. That would be a much more educated. <laughs> well, that's just Toby Keith, you know, I just think of Toby Keith on the brain. I ain't as good as I once was. But I'm as good yeah, once as I ever was. That is a banger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have as much By the way. Tea. I'm banking on that for the uh, halftime field goal thing. Ah. Oh, okay. Just one time. I don't think I can train for it because I think my knee will actually blow up yeah. if I was to train for knee it. Need fresh legs. Dialed. So it's like. What do you say? 30 yards? 35, 35. yards. That should I be. I was going to say you can do that in your sleep, I've been right? making that. I mean, I didn't kick. 
at a young enough age. But I would assume 10-year-old me could could have made a 35-yard yeah. field goal. Yeah, now, yeah. with that being said, a lot more power. Yeah. Don't know where it's going. A lot of miles on those knees. A lot of miles on the knees. <laughs> the roof closed. Is it a one-for-one one thing? Yeah, he said, no failures, brother. <laughs> Swing hard. I think so, yeah. I'm fucking going for it, yeah. They better close that fucking roof and the window. What if he fucking puts down the window yeah. as I walk out onto the field? One, the bang, because it makes a big sound when they open the roof and yeah. put the window. Bang, bang, bang. That's literally the sound <laughs> as it's opening. And he fucking opens the roof and the window. Three million dollars, bro. Good luck. You gotta fucking earn this. He's on his uh, plane oh. this morning cutting promos about awaken and open your eyes, stop sleepwalking through life. What a mm -hmm. fucking legend that yeah. guy. Bro, He's on a 737. That plane is incredible. Huge. Incredible. Anyways, your testosterone's going down. You can stop it from doing so. I'll read that later much better, I think. <laughs> Jim Mercy's the man. Welcome back to the show. Uh, shout out to Roman, by the way. GetRoman.com forward slash Pat. Once you uh, turn like 30, most men, testosterone production declines roughly 1% per year. That's not good. Whoa. Not yeah, so quick math. You live till you're 130, you're going to have zero testosterone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jeez. That's not good. It's not good. 130 is going to be tough. But you could, what's that? 130 is going to be tough. Nah, there was that nun in France, yeah. 114 or something. Yeah. yeah, but she never had tea. You know, we all got tea because we're men. It's a man problem. Yeah, but I'm just saying, she was able to, she beat COVID. She True. did. She beat COVID. She did. Holy yeah. shit. That was early, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Remember yeah. when oh, that yeah. happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congrats to her. Yeah. yeah. She's, She's still doing it? dog. She is a <laughs> dog. dog. That nun. Chris Madoff Grissett is not next. Oh, yeah. What? He's on vacation. Oh, where is he? Everybody seems to be on vacation. I wonder why. There is <laughs> no horse that isn't already beaten. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're all very dead. Like When's <laughs> the next actual horse race? Like the Preakness or whatever? Who cares? Yeah. Whoa. I want to know when the Breeders' Cup is. That's the fucking Super Bowl. That's the, in the fall. The Kentucky Derby's College Football National Championship. Yes. Breeders' Cup is the Super Bowl. We need to start talking more about the it's Breeders' Cup. not, though. Preakness is in 20 That's days. That's what he this. said. That's what TVG Mike said. I mean, it is, but why does the Derby have all of this? Like, Why do people care about the Derby? So we don't know. We're starting to wonder that. We just learned this, and we are wondering the same thing. because the like, Breeders' Cup is during football season. Well, and the Kentucky Derby's kind of like the Rose Bowl. It's like, oh, this is very historical. Pageant. Yes. You know what I mean? Pageantry. Yeah. Pageantry. You roses. know the Rose Bowl, AJ? You know the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, I never played in it, but oh. I know what it is. Yeah. Oh, man. How come? I don't know. That was like Ohio State's bowl game there for like Yeah. yeah. He should have said because I played in a national championship. That's what, what would have been good. No big deal. But that could have been a national championship back in the day. I thought the one. That's, the how, they literally, that's how they used to do it. They used to just pass that shit around to BCS things. That was wild times. I played in. I was out in Tempe by the uh, Coyotes Bowl. new arena. Oh yeah, which by the way, definitely going to happen. <laughs> well, the ASU one, the pit, that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know if a new arena is happening out there. Still, they're still trying to find the best piece of property to hopefully buy to where we hopefully start construction within the next eighteen to twenty-six months. Yeah, two to three years at least, four years maybe in this, five years maybe in this call. That team's gonna be on the move. Yeah, stat, yeah right? they're gonna ask that team. Yeah. How can you not afford rent, but you can afford a What about like Portland? Isn't Portland like a good city that should get an yeah. NHL team? Oh. Yeah. They just got Seattle. It's pretty close. Cracking. Fuck it. Just send them up to Manitoba. What about Indianapolis. They wanna stay in uh Arizona because of the T V market. They should go back to Quebec, the Nordiques. They should come to Indy. Oh, yeah. No, they should go back to Hartford, really. Oh, the Whalers. The yeah. Whalers, Ron they Francis. wouldn't stand a chance against In Indianapolis, the Indianapolis NHL team would do well, I think. I believe this time, 
would enjoy hockey if it was good. If it was good, I think they would. Do. Now, just like anything, if you lose, it's going to be tough to get a fan base. Yeah, Columbus be- is like, especially when the Blue Jackets are winning, like people are juiced. People I had no idea were hockey fans. Like they enjoy it. They go a lot. Well, they did Games not win a lot too. at first. It took them a while. But, yeah, they got a passionate fan base now. Yeah, Blue Jackets still kind of stink. Yeah. But. Yeah. They're, they're like in a rebuild mode, I heard now. Well, yeah, yeah, for how long? It's team that's not in a rebuild mode. I yeah. mean, it's not, not going to offend me. Is R.J. Umberger playing or not? If R.J. Umberger ain't playing, it ain't worth it. No fucking Torts coaching? Nope. Nope, they're dead. Hey, is Torts on TV? Yeah, he's on ESPN. Does he? Like, I haven't seen any clips, so he's not like doing his normal stuff or what? No, he doesn't say fuck all the time on ESPN. He wasn't. He was on last night. <laughs> Zito. I don't know. He does I don't know what you guys show. are talking about right now. Zito just know. had a conversation in my ear. You're talking about torts, I believe. Zito just said, off subject, don't want to go backwards, but they've been playing that baseball game since 1909. Crazy. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> crazy. 1909. It's like tradition. tradition. Like no other. Yeah. Like the Rose Bowl. And yeah. the Kentucky Derby. And the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. This is amazing. I, uh... I take back every bad word I said about it, you know? Keep doing it. It's a great event. Keep doing it. Keep wasting time, you know, renting out arenas, stadiums, playing your little baseball, setting your swords aside, bringing out the bats. We need to blow off steam. Yeah, well, if that's- Do they ever agree on anything, though? Like, I-, I don't know the politics world enough, but goddamn, does anything ever happen? You don't always have to hate everybody. Maybe like- that's where they get the mm. bills done. But if they're trying to blow off steam, let's fuck. What was that, AJ? AJ, that was said everybody doesn't have to hate everybody. That's a lot of toxicity. I think it's hard. To, it's... Once people choose sides, if you do anything that's not 100% on board with your side, aren't you hated if you go against it? Well, gone. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. That's what I'm saying. Like history shows. Political suicide, then. That politics road, I'm happy that I'm nowhere near it. One day, though, I'll have to learn about it. Hell yeah. Will you? Well, we're already pretty well versed now. Well, I think I'm getting in the champion store first. So I got that on the mind for the next 20 years yep. or so. Go to law school after that. Yeah, try to get a PhD. Mm-hmm. Read a book. Yeah, sure. You're like the kid, uh, the young kid, where who talks a lot and is annoying, and his parents say, "Oh, he's he's going to be a lawyer. He's so good at arguing. He's definitely going to be a lawyer." By the way, thought I was going to be a lawyer. Remember, I'm the first dude in uh, the history of like WVU football to request a tour of law school, of the law school. Got Correct. a tour. Yeah. Dean actually told us, "You're the first person to request this. You would not be able to do this <laughs> with your football schedule." But I'll give you a tour. Sweet. Sweet. Sounds good. Thank you, man. I enjoy the law thing. That seems like a blast. If you're in the right... There's so many... Being a trial attorney, you mean? Oh, that'd be a blast, wouldn't it? Most lawyers don't go to trial. That's the thing. Like, if you were, like, Depp or Amber Heard's lawyer, that'd be pretty fucking sweet. How much fun? I mean, (laughs) that'd be a blast. That's a lot of pressure, though, I feel like, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially if they're... You'd You'd have a great closing argument. But don't you have to be a lawyer to be in the politics? I feel like you have to be. Aren't they all lawyers? Was Bush a lawyer? I feel like all of them are lawyers. Certainly helps, but no, a lot of them are just big jackasses. And like, just, yeah, politi- no! Political science, man. Obama, Reagan. yeah, like Obama and his wife are both lawyers. Whoa. Yeah, and I think right? everybody goes like Harvard and all that shit, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Ivy League for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a plus, but not needed, right? I think needed. I mean, Joe Trump, went to Delaware. He was like a Kappa Zeta Theta or something. Trump not a lawyer, I don't think, was he? No. Just loves real estate. <laughs> Delaware. So. He, oh. yeah, just, he was in Flacco's frat. What was that Oop. crossbones thing at Yale? Oh, yeah. Produced like a couple of presidents and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I watched Skull all those, and Bones. I watched all those. Hey, this succession show is fucking me up. <laughs> what, what season? Uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the second season, but it's fucking me up Let's watching go. it, knowing like, oh, this is how it actually goes. Like, this is a documentary right now. Season three is wild. Yeah. I'm pumped for you to get to season three. Bruce Brown came up to me and just, I asked a question about a human on the 
on the show and then he goes oh this is the actual person right here that they're talking about in there i'm like that is exactly the person that they're talking about right there then boom this is this and then this is the situation it's like yesterday in the fox uh, quarterly earning calls like thinking of roman from there and i said this earlier but it's very think of roman just spouting out on the conference call in the quarterly earnings about signing tom brady to a 10-year 375 million dollar deal just like yeah yeah look what we did we fucking killed it stocks everything's great everything's great and then them having to afterwards go oh, fuck off yeah. <laughs> fucking retract the statement yeah, we gotta dude. deny that whole thing like that's happening right now live so it's pretty it's pretty perfect did you do the wedding yet uh it's the end of season two i think no, right? not there yet Wedding gets great. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, show just the season finales of that of every season so far. Daddy's little massive moment babies. for Roman in the. Uh, what is it? It's three seasons. Oh, that's yeah, far, right? yeah. The so far. most recent one was the third season. When's the next one coming? I might, I might be able to play this into literally going right into uh, probably the next season. probably not to like next May. They they got fucked next up. May. They got fucked up by COVID because they film in New York so much. They used to they film. Uh, you probably notice it like some of those scenes was the when we used to do the show from the World Trade Center. Yeah, that lobby is. I've seen them walk through the lobby. Yeah, that was the building we were in. I actually told Sam. I said, "Oh, that's the lobby we walked through the World Trade Center." Yeah. Oh, this is saying uh, this was from two days ago between October and December of this. Year. Here we go. Ooh, so it's filming right now. Right into it. Yeah. Here we go. Wait, it'll be out or they'll film it then. Uh, to arrive. Yeah, so oh, they're filming nice. it right now. That's awesome. Avatar so three seasons. Yeah, three seasons thus far. That'll be the fourth. Hopefully, they'll film two at a time. Hopefully, we've got two coming. And don't fucking... Hey. Uh Need not. And I can't... Hey. Need not go back to release one episode. Oh, no, it will be. It will. It will be. HBO don't give a fuck. They still do that. Come the fuck on. Everyone talks about it all week. Yeah. This kind of killed me with Netflix winning time. Netflix is the only actually. one that doesn't. Stop watching. Bro, give me half. Are we going back to that? No, we can't. Apple did that with Ted Lasso, and I fucking hate Ted Lasso now. I love yeah, Ted I Lasso. People heard me talk about Ted Lasso very loudly to a lot of people. I promoted Ted Lasso very loud. I was a big fan. Love this show. Shouldn't be as good as it is. This is unbelievable. Holy fuck. This is maybe one of the best shows I've ever seen. Then they go to season three or whatever, and it's one episode per week. It's like, get the fuck out of here, okay? Me and Ted need to spend at least two hours together. Allow me the option to watch at least three episodes of this 30-minute show. It is easier to do a succession because it's on during football season. So, you know, it's on Sunday night. So sometimes you will just kind of get get bogged down with what happens like throughout the week and you end up getting two, three episodes at a time, but it'll be once a week. I yeah. might have I might have just went on that because of what happened with Ted Lasso and I don't want that mm-hmm. to continue to happen, but I think it's going to have morning show. I think it's going to do yeah. the same oh, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. HBO, it's coming back. They, they love doing oh, yeah. their Sunday night primetime releases. I, I can't s- stay with any of these shows. I can't stay with them past a few seasons, I feel like. But I can't stay with them if it's fucking week to week. Like, hey, this is 1999. Oh, yeah, I don't watch anything like that. I see it later when I can watch them at once, but still, like, I don't know. I just lose interest in a lot of different shows that are, I'm really into for a couple seasons, and then I just forget about it. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Wasn't binge watching like the goal of every single platform, and now they're like, nah, let's get rid of that. Fuck it. Too quick. We spend too much money. We don't get yeah. enough juice out of it. That's what Netflix like basically created, it feels like. They did. And all the, because HBO's been around, they've always done it. Apple, they've started doing it. Netflix I, is the only one. Apple going back and doing one per week is a problem. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Don't do that. Please. They might all just agree to try. If they all are on the same page, they could, they could go back to that. Can you at least two, three? Yeah, I think there's a compromise. I think, honestly, two or three people be like, okay, I can handle it. And then you can get, like, four weeks if you want, or three weeks if you want. Like, just give us a couple here. Give us two at a time. When I'm committed, when I have time to finally watch, like, 
let me watch, you know, because I'm going to get away from that. I'm going to watch other shit, and I got other shit going on. And let God damn it, guess watch. what? You've been forgotten about. Let me watch. <laughs> yeah. Let the me watch. Eastbound and down. Oh, yeah. Let the ball watch. The they should make it an option where, like, if you want to spend 100 bucks, you can get all 10 episodes right away. Oh, my God. Yeah. Elon's That's a good way to upgrade. That. Elon's going to do that with Twitter. Interesting. You want to see every tweet? 15 bucks. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> every single person. Zito. Let's what? get out of here. <laughs> what did he say? Breaking news, he said. Breaking NFL news. Yeah. Nathan Peterman just signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears. Wow. Son of a bitch. This is via the arrow, Tom Palacero, who we saw in the streets of New York City a week ago on Good Morning Football. Yep. Looking super cool. Had oh, sunglasses yeah. on. Yeah, the man. He has uh, had a, a, a mobile... What is this? Looking what? Mobile pack. Super sweet. Plugged Looking into sweet. his brain. Yeah. He, he threw a ball, oh, I believe. He threw a go yeah. route to sweet Tory Smith. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I, get, I believe past Kyle Brandt or Schrager. I don't know. He looks so cool. Can yeah. he sling it? He didn't look like near Neuralink at all. Drop it in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, wow. he can it sling it. in a bucket. And he had the ball in his hand before the segment, and we are like... Transmitting ball. Is Tom fucking throwing... Is the Neuralink throwing a ball? Son of a bitch did. He yeah. dropped it in a bucket, yeah. dude. Not just a robot. No, well, tight-ass spy, too. Oh. The link probably did say, give him the trajectory, the angle, you know, how hard he has to throw it. Was it better than Tua's ball? All right. Uh, <laughs> Tua need Unfortunately. That. Oh, let's, go, let's go back to the neural link here. Uh, Tom Pelissero, Peterman, who opened the 2018 season as the Bills starter ahead of Josh Allen. Whoa. This is four short years ago. Wow. Spent the last few seasons with the Raiders. Now he joins Justin Fields and Trevor Simeon in Chicago. Great backup. This is a great backup for Justin Fields. One year, I assume that's what they're viewing this. they got a lot of turnover happening on the coaching staff and on the roster. Justin Fields' team, let's go ahead and build around him. Let's get him a veteran that's been there, done that basically everywhere. Nate Peterman throws a very catchable ball. Now he's in Chicago. Good for him. Good for the Bears. You pumped about it, Zito? Pumped, yeah. Like like what you said, having a veteran there is really important for Justin. How's the knee? How's the knee, Zito? How's the knee? My knee? Uh, I'd seen better days. Zito's in trouble right now, man. <laughs> what happened? The gout creep up there? Yeah, oh, basically. no. The gout and now the knee injury <laughs> and the same leg is bad. So do you remember when I uh, I had my cowboy boots on and I accident- <laughs> when I sat on this chair, I accidentally hit this lever to, oh, yeah. to drop me down and then my foot got caught in the thing? Now imagine doing that when you're not an athlete. Zito did that, I guess. His foot got caught in the chair back there and he, oh, got, no. he got rolled up on basically by his own chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's in a did back you roll back and I fall? I got Gator fucking tackled. <laughs> yeah, did you fall? Did you? Which way did you end up falling? Back over here. Yeah. Oh. He got out of there, but it got twisted up. He's been Did anybody see this? No. I, we saw the after effect. Yeah, we saw the limp. Yeah. He's been favoring it. Dang. Did you get him a knee sleeve from Walgreens? I did. I was using my Brett Favre. Yeah, for a little bit. Oh, copper fit good. That'll help. Copper Dude, I tried. I was like, do you want me to get a wheelchair in here? A crutch? Some crutches or something? Yeah, yeah, you want to yeah. go to a doctor? He said, oh, it's getting better. And then literally the next day. Worst we have seen him. Bad. Get him a walker. He could use a walker or just a cane. Anything. Literally yeah. any of these things. So, uh, I have three canes. I, I got to find it. Should use that. Use yeah. them at the same time. It's <laughs> not fun though. Knee injuries stink, dude. Yeah, I know. And I, as somebody that almost experienced it here, it is no fun at all. That's a... That sucks. That's a little sorry, Z. Yeah, sorry about Z. Sorry, Z. So if anyone has Tor doll or anything, just send it to the office right now. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need a couple of this. <laughs> I think. With this, the limp I've been seeing, it seems like it's a couple weeks. Yeah. It's tough. Connor went through a little knee injury. Yeah, not fun. Had a little couple-week run there where he could barely move. The boys just get their knees taken out around the office. That's right. Oh, yeah, my knees hurt every day. 
no matter what. It's gritty. Me too, but not because of the office. Yours is because of the office? What happened? No, just, you know. No, nothing nothing at the office, but okay. it's just, you know, knee you pain, ball, not fun. You Not fun at all. You you ball got Connor, I believe. Yeah, there was a couple times where I thought I blew out my knee. And uh, a Shoulder. chair got Zito. Yeah. yeah. Be careful out there. Everybody fucking look out for yeah. their knees. You never know. <laughs> all right, let's make sure we're taking care of ourselves here. Thunderdome, right around the corner. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Right around the corner, as in when? There's a countdown, but with what you told me earlier about construction, I feel like I should stop getting excited about said countdown. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. If you're, if you're on track, you should be excited. A lot of workers in there. Tim, GI Tim's up there, you know, watching every day, monitoring mm-hmm, the process. Mm-hmm. we got a lot of workers in there, people working their asses off. It's starting to really take shape. I can't wait to get in there. It's going to be fucking outrageous. Yeah. yeah. I've thought about it a couple of different times now. Um, like how it could go, I don't think it's so awesome. I, honestly, yeah. everything in there is going to be so cool. A little maybe overdone, you know. Maybe don't need all the stuff that we have in there. Mm. You know, not, probably not going to use a lot of it. You yeah, know, it's the Thunderdome though. The Thunderdome yeah. though is going to be packed and ready to go. I can't wait to get in there. Yeah. AJ, how's the uh, weight room looking? How's the Hawkeyes coming together? Zeet sent me some stuff uh, the other night. I've been talking to some people. I gotta. You gotta let me know. I need some pictures of the inside of the room. You know. well, we gave you blueprints. You're doing yeah. pictures. Like, let you know. Stop delaying, dude. Stop delaying. I'm not delaying. I'm not delaying. You are. You're just. This is like in the inside, man. Whenever sent a message out to Denzel and said, mm-hmm. "I need four choppers. I yep. need two pizzas. I need this." And Denzel, this guy's just delaying right now. This guy's just delaying right now. Stop delaying, okay? We gave you okay. the fucking blueprints. The room is however you want it to be. Come on. However you want okay. to be. It's going to get a lot of use. Hawkeyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting yoked. Yeah. I got a list of equipment that I, I would like you to sign off on. Yeah, he told me it's going to be super expensive. I didn't. I don't know what super expensive means. I don't know how much you think like a, equipping like a nice-sized weight room costs. I don't think I, don't think I know. <laughs> I, but yeah, it, it can be a lot depending on what you want in there. All right. Well, I can't wait art. to see. Zito. I know you want a climber. Yeah, is that is that what we're? I think that's what Zito is talking about right now. Are you gonna Are you gonna get us this thing or no? Are we getting? Oh this yeah, Power Max three sixty. No, they don't make those anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Power Max three sixty? Oh yeah, fucking broke them all. Okay, I got a cast on. It's right after surgery. Bro, not Why only that, doing it. you got hips, back. Look at your flat back right there. You look yeah, unbelievable. It's for, no, it's for your chest. It's for your chest and hips. Well, I know. Why well, is it really for your hips or no? No. But you have to use your whole body when you're trying to get a certain amount of reps in. Bro, how many workouts? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did I do? Yeah, parts you, the, you, you, you humped the Power oh, Max 360. Dude, where'd you find that? <laughs> I did not find it. I believe Zeno did. But I was strapped in because I just had surgery on my wrist. Yeah, well, you were trying to put that thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that part of the rehab? Thing on. You've got to have fun with it, man. you got to keep it light. Yeah, let them know. And I think you were doing that maybe because you were mm-hmm. utilizing your entire body for the Power Max 360 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there at the end, you gave a little couple extra taps there to that thing. What, thank you for sending that out. What was that? Where did you find that video? Yeah. I mean, that's a Nick find. Is that, that a, a home find. video from the Hawkeyes? <laughs> right it was there? floating around Twitter one day. Some, somebody had it. Hey, fucking. That's, that's a good one. Unreal. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. That saved you thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I have that in my, in my basement now. Really? Equipment, yeah. You're the last one. That you exact- saw it actually. You got actually. Hold on. You got on that equipment. You're like, this is sweet. How can I get one? And we went online with Sam instantly trying to get one. Oh yeah. Was that the floor model? Was that the actual model from that video that was in your basement? I don't know. My 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 buddy is a trainer guy. Had it forever, and then I took it. I got it, and then it's hard to find different ones. I'm sure you can find one now with the, the reach of this program. I'm sure people have. Now. Is that going to be in the Hawkeyes? Or I think it has to be. Yeah. You fucking. 
you consummate this thing as a member of the Hawk House here at the end. I think How we you have see the to, end of this. Well, Who mean, put this out? Who filmed it? Well, that's a great question. I mean, you're you doing looked his, right at him. Look at your hair. Right. Look at your hair. Hey, hey, hey. That's <laughs> 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 uh, awesome, AJ. You're I'm okay best. with that out there. You're the best human of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. The Power Max 360 getting I think as I just time. saw it, he realized he was filming me probably. So I'm like, here, you can't give use this, shell. but I'm going to hump the machine. Yeah, give yeah. him a shell. Smart. Where was that? That was at a D1? Yeah. Jim? Do you own those? You were part owner of those. I remember a lot of guys were part owners of those. Me and Braves and Bob were part of one in Columbus. It's not here anymore. We're not. We haven't been. Oh no. Oh no. Did you guys sell your shares or get run out of town? No. The the building it sold. Yeah. Made a nice little profit. I was not a I was not a day to day person involved in anything. No. <laughs> no. Who was General? Bob? I worked out there though. When I when I was playing, I go work out there. It was great. General Bob work out there every single day. That was his place. No, General Bob. You know, Bob's the Ohio State man. He's not going there. What? He works out at the Ohio State gym. Yeah, he works out with the guys at like five in the morning. He, COVID shut that down what? a little bit. I think he's back <laughs> in the weight room with it. I've told Animal. you that. Bob's always worked out there. Bob Carpenter was working out with the Ohio State football team right this morning. Uh, I think he's back in there after COVID. I don't know if I, COVID wasn't able to go for a while. Are you serious right now? And is he like in a group? He's been, from when he no, he's but he's he's there. I mean, he had his thumbprint and fingerprints and was all over. Yeah, he might even have like a loop. He might have a bag in a locker. Uh, I don't know. I think he comes in dressed. I would assume. I mean, this is fuck. Is this not gets, is this not an NIL problem? Yeah. The NCAA needs to investigate this. The guy that saved football, General Bob Carpenter, <laughs> is working out with all the guys at Ohio State. That has to be a recruiting liability. If you get a chance to learn from fucking General Bob Carpenter in the gym. No wonder he saved football. He was like, fuck, I can't work out True. with my guys if we're not doing football. I need to get back in there and feel the guys. <laughs> yeah. It's selfish. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Is that he runs he'll run with them. He'll do like run groups. Yeah. <laughs> Is he trying to get back in the league right now, or is this just for life? He just loves it. No, he loves he loves going out and running like gassers and dominating kids at 38 years old. And, you know, like, that's Bob. So Ryan Day, right, has to have this conversation with Bob after the keys are uh, kind of handed over from Urban Meyer. Bob's like, hey, me and Urban had a thing where I was able to work out every single morning with every single one of your <laughs> lift groups and run with them, and it's kind of my thing. Can I still do that? He had to give him the yes, no problem, and then he just has an open-door policy to get in there every single morning. I assume I don't know if he's in there as much anymore, but yeah, I mean, for twenty years solid, he was doing that. Still has a student ID. That's fucking remarkable. He has a student ID. No, he's a professor. He's professor ID. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually might because he's teaching, so he probably does have a buck ID. This is not normal, right? Like I'm acting as if this isn't normal, but maybe I'm not. This is not a normal. Like this doesn't happen on a regular basis. You mean other? There was when I was playing there. There'd be. There was a couple guys that would come in and work out very consistently that had played there. Really? Yeah. That's awesome, I guess. Alumni strong. I, I think Bob was the longest, like the most tenured guy for sure to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a trophy coming up? Bob will get treatment. Bob, will, he, he'll get stem. He'll get treatment <laughs> in the training I love this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For real. Why not? Hero. Buckeye <laughs> for life. Zeno, we got to get you in. We gotta get you in one of these local gyms so yeah. we can get you in mm-hmm. some treatment on that <laughs> knee. That's unbelievable. He's getting state of the art treatment <laughs> on his body as a full grown adult right now. And he's doing extra workouts in his home gym, just doing pull ups. This guy's the fucking best. <laughs> and he's a blogger and he has a morning show right every day? 
six to nine every morning. So he is the go. He is the authority on Ohio State information around Columbus. This guy's working out with the fucking team this yeah. morning. He just goes right into the radio and he's like. Boys are buzzing this morning. Tell you what. I couldn't keep up with the motherfucker. Hey, CJ Stratton, that guy was faster than me this morning. Looks good. Is that what's going on? Is that is that why Bob's show is so goddamn big or just because he's electrifying? I mean, if you want to know anything about anyone on Ohio State's roster, Bob has seen everybody up close and personal. But I think his new – he used to be 10 to noon or 10 to 1. He switched to 6 to 9. I don't know how long ago. I think that kind of changed his – he works out now at home before he goes into the radio at 6. I don't know if he can get into the facility. At the Woody we Hayes need to yet. get Bob back in the gym. Yeah. 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 What are the Buckeyes if they're not having Bob in there? That's probably why they lost to Michigan this year. Bingo. Yeah. You're right. Hey, we did, hey one time we showed up. Um, I don't know if this was Braves pool. Someone had like a this pool event where you play pool and you, you're on a team and all oh, this yeah. stuff. So a bunch of players, we all showed up. Outdoor patio thing. This is probably three or four years ago. We weren't not, Bob wasn't playing. I was done playing. And I showed up with my wife. I saw Bob's wife. Oh, hey, what's going on? What's team? Where's Bob at? She goes, oh, he was in the 5 o'clock run group, so he'll be here in a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> 5 o'clock run group for what do you mean? <laughs> it was the, he was with the Bucks. He was out there grinding with the guys in the group, with the run group. He went back, so he worked out in the morning and went back for the, the run group at night because it was like Friday. For those that don't know, there's different run groups for different times. You can go in the morning and go in the afternoon. There's always a lot of, you know, fallout that comes from either. In the morning, you don't know what you're running. So you have no idea what you're signing up for. But in the afternoon, probably a lot hotter, right? Because it's hotter mm -hmm. in the afternoon than it is in the early morning. So you're either rolling the dice early and getting it done with for the day, or you're waiting to hear what you're going to die with, and you go at the end. I was an afternoon guy. I needed to know how often. And I was probably out pretty late the evening before. So I'm also sleeping in. Not likely I'm even going to make that workout, but I needed to know. The fact that he is still picking run groups and his wife is like, all right, he's got a morning run group on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. He's an afternoon on Wednesday. Then he's back to morning run group on Thursday. And then 5 o'clock run group on Friday to really set off the entire week. That is amazing. How old is General Bob? He's 38. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is amazing. A superhuman. Can outlift and outrun a lot of those guys in that facility. Too. Dude, it is so hard. The workouts are so hard. The running. The running is what gives you nightmares. That's for me at least. The lifting, I can lift all day long. But the running, I was always that was the hardest thing. So hard. Those college workouts were so hard. I assume Because you never know the end. That's the thing too. Like coaches don't want to ever tell you what you're doing. So the whole time you're running, you're like, I'm on I'm on the twelfth rep of this full gassers we're running. Uh, I don't know. I heard maybe we might we might be doing twenty two of these. Coach isn't giving us any info. Like that's another mind game you're doing the whole time. Yeah, I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I had to go in the afternoon. That was a wild part of the uh, football culture. I think it happened in soccer too a little bit. Like if you ask, we'll add. You know, if you ask how much we're because uh, soccer is a big running, big running thing. That's all you do. But as I got older and I started getting like smarter and more in tune with my body and actually thinking about things, I'm like, I need, I operate much better knowing how the, how far the end is. Now, people think I hold back then early and do that whole thing, which goes exactly against why the strength and conditioning people don't. But the fact that Bob's still signing up to do those at the age of 38 is fucking wild to me. He's, he's got to be the most in shape 38 year old on earth. He's he, doing he'll, college uh, fucking strength and conditioning program? For he'll post just recently, I mean, I don't know how recent, but within the last year or two, he's posted videos running inside the Woody Hayes, running hundreds with a, a shoot, with a shoot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. How is he not selected for Titan Games? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, he, you're right. He was the Titan. Yeah. yeah. 
he would be so good on that too. Like the interview, post, pre, post, and then during. Oh, he. Oh, they got it. Someone's got to reach out. Uh, he's fucking strapped to the Vertimax. Look at that. Damn. Those knees feel good. He's getting up. That's at the Ohio State. That's is this Ohio live State gym? footage. <laughs> yeah, is that a live? Oh, uh, I said it was from 2013. That one, but that's still. What's the new gym look like? Can we look at the new gym? We don't have to have Bobby Carpenter in it. I would yeah, just like to see where Bobby Carpenter goes every single. Month. I cannot believe this. This is mind blowing to me. I did not know this happened ever. Oh, this is oh, him no. as an adult. Or is he still in the league at this point? Oh, he's. Uh, what year was this? 2013. He's in the league, right? No, he was done by then, I think. Early 30s. Oh, is he a strength coach? He just coach? got done. Is he strength coach for the Buckeyes ever? No. <laughs> strength liaison. <laughs> He's had, a, I mean, his radio show has been big here for years. Lots of, I don't know how long, but man. I fucking love wow, this Wow, look at that form. It's good work. Some good work there. Holy shit. All the little muscles that are being worked. You guys don't even understand. General Bob's still keeping them tight just in case fucking something pops off in a regular everyday life of a retired football player. He is fucking ready to go right now if he had to. Does he strap up ever? And play? What do you mean? In practice? Yeah. He did when in bowl practice when you were allowed to. Now they stopped that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we have him on the show more? Yeah, do it. Let's do it. When we send him a text, I'm sure someone's going to send him a clip or something. About this. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Perfect. I couldn't even imagine wanting to do a college strength and conditioning program right now, but then broaching the subject with the people that I would have to talk to to get it done, and then following through for it for 20 years. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. This, is, this is somebody that needs to be celebrated, I think. Change mm-hmm. your regimes, making sure hey, yeah. the general stays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back tomorrow. Hammer Down will be in about 15 minutes. You will have a link mm-hmm. to go check them out live tonight. At 8 p.m. Eastern time at youtube.com forward slash that's hockey talk. We have the greatest hockey show going. Any guests tonight other than Nicky Moraldo, Gumpy Skates, and Stanley Cup champion Mike Rupper? No, just the lads. We want doing a little live watch along for uh, the potential Penguins elimination of the New York Rangers. <laughs> that could get that could get intense if we're losing. I'll hop in there and yell. Give the boys a motivational speech. Fucking Rupper thought we were losing the series, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did. Well, I'd like to watch live as he has to eat his words. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fucking Rupper. <laughs> Who's your team? Abs. Fuck. How convenient. Yeah. Good squad. Great squad. Is his kin on that team? Yeah, yeah his kin is yeah. on that team. God damn. Their goaltending will get him in the end. They don't have a good enough goalie. They just nah. swept the fucking nah. Minnesota Wild. Fred's <laughs> math is a goalie. Preds were uh, decimated coming in. What about Roman Yossi? Is Kerry Underwood's husband still there? Mike Comrie? They might be playing Ham's Big Dick Blues in the second round. That could be trouble for the launch. Blues are a big team. Nobody wants to see the big teams in the playoffs. Tarasenko? Uh-uh. No, Tarasenko's got dangles. He's a ball player. Yeah, he is. We saw a lot of Tarasenko jerseys whenever we were at... um, As you should. At that one uh, brunch in St. Louis. Oh, so many. With the DJ booth. Wheelhouse? Wheelhouse. 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 Oh, We've been, been invited by the Wheelhouse folks numerous times to come back. I want to let you know we will. Yeah. We love the Wheelhouse. That place is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. We will be back. See you there. Recommend Wheelhouse Brunch in St. Louis. Yeah. That's the brunch slash club, right? Yeah, but the oh, B's yeah. and G's were delicious. Oh, so yeah. Good. So... You know what I mean? You I've never me. wanted 20 beers more in my life. Why? <laughs> we had work to do. <laughs> Take sound, your dad. Sound more like your father every day. <laughs> I will. Uh, Mr. Fox, absolute booze bag. Legend. Created a 
Create a hell of an editor, though, and a good yeah. guy. Thank you, Mr. Fox. Thank you, Mr. Fox. Your liver, your liver saying thanks as well. Beer time. Hell of a run. Yeah, he probably just cracked one open. 326. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Eight hours too late. It's Bush Bavarian. Yeah, an hour and a half ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. baby. Let's go. You deserve it. 20 deep, right? That guy deserves it. Yeah. Keep drinking. He actually does. All right, we're out of here. Hammer Down's next. That's Hockey Talk tonight. Can't thank you all enough for joining us. Uh, we'll do a giveaway tomorrow. Here we go. Let's think of a cool yeah. giveaway for tomorrow, AJ. When General Bob Carpenter's on, we'll give away a workout with the Buckeyes uh, football team. Oh. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Two tickets to Michigan, Ohio State. If you wanted to do this, could you do this? Is that a just open-door policy at Ohio State? Any ex-player that had any sort of success post-playing for us, you can come back and work out with the boys anytime you want? That feels like a pretty good idea, actually. Yeah, they're always, they're, whoever's been the head coach has always been real open. They want ex-players to come back, for sure. That's like Miami, right? All those guys used to yep. go work out in Miami. Yeah. In the summers, in the off season, yeah, Galloway would always come work out. Braves, all those guys, like it's fun to it's fun when they would come back. West Virginia needs to do something. Yeah, come on, Neil. You need to get back and work out there. Not me. No, no, no. They need a shit can, Neil Brown. Whoa! Oh, shit, Graham, the head coach. I'm is, sorry. What is that all about? I mean, just West Virginia football should not be going fucking six and six ever. They need this shit can, Neil Brown. Hey, no offense to the guy, but he's probably a good guy. Good guy. He's on the show, right? He's coming. Yeah, on the show. yeah he was. He's a AC. Go, go, coaching the fucking yeah, Sun Belt. He's, he's, on the best hey, he's number eight. Number eight, yeah. I believe. He's number eight on the list. Which there wasn't a lot of guys on the list because coaching seems to be an old person's game because they got all the crew and everything. But nonetheless. Pat White, retire five immediately. Have him around. That'd be great news. I guess he's he posted a photo of him with a Dolphins uh, long sleeve on. Ooh. Really? I think he's potentially doing some, a coaching stint with the Dolphins right now. That's okay. Cool. I think. Bringing all the lads back. I think. I'm not going to do that, like coaching internships. Yeah, I think, he, I think that's happening right now. I don't know if I'm supposed cool. to break that news or not, and I don't know if it's 100% official, So, so but I think he is back around there. And. Right. He was coaching the last couple of years. I think he's very. I think he's going to be a very good coach. He's kind of found that in him. Retire five at West Virginia, and you know what? If he wants to come work out, and if he's coaching, by the way, why is he not coaching at West Virginia? Hire him. Like he's Pat White, you know, built that stadium you guys are in right now, and that workout facility you guys have. That he should be allowed to work out five a.m. if he wants to. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. I, I I've completely changed my entire opinion on this. I thought it was very weird that General Bob was doing this, like almost hilarious. This is a very smart move to carry on the tradition. Hey, this is what Ohio State is. Hey, this is what West Virginia. We should do that over West Virginia a little bit. Yeah, make guys want to come back and be around the program. Do a lot of guys still live in Morgantown? No, 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 no. no. I don't think so. They'll fly in. Like fly in for for a workout. Pacman and uh, Slim used to come back for workouts in the summer. Those were a good time. Maybe Gino. Those too. weekends were always a great time. <laughs> Those weekends were quite a whirlwind. Whatever, old Pack and Slim will come back. That was a great time. Where are we going? Holy shit! <laughs> what time is it? This is awesome. You guys are the best. <laughs> yeah. You guys coming back next week? Uh, probably a month from now. All right. Cool. Oh, cool. Right. cool. Sounds All right. good. I'll uh, see you guys. I'm gonna go to sleep. I guess for probably two days. Jesus. Well, those are good times, but you know that's why Ohio State's Ohio State. By the way, that relationship, yeah. that type of mentorship, that mm-hmm. building. Let's get General Bob on tomorrow to talk about it. We're back. We'll see you. You all are the best people on earth. Big giveaway tomorrow. Somebody think of it. Yeah, already on it. That's Hockey Talk tonight. Let's have a good one. Watch out. Here we go, boys. Come on, Pens. See you all tomorrow. Bye.